everyone, welcome to the Attitude Era podcast, episode number 13, and it's WrestleMania 15, The Raging Climax. Hello everyone, once again, I'm Kevin Mann, joined as I am always in this critique of the Attitude Era by my cohorts, comrades, colleagues, and another word. First of all, Adam Biblo. Hello, Adam. Hey there, man. How's things? I'm good, thanks. Uh, you know, as per usual, got a lot to say about this paper. <laughs> Billy, I don't know if you noticed this. Me and Kevin were talking about it the other day. I've recently noticed at the start of every episode, I go, looking forward to talking about this one. I've got a lot to say about this paper. <laughs> regardless of it's good or bad. He, yeah. revealed, he revealed it to me in a kind of a worrying way, and I thought you were like really self-conscious about it. Oh, no, it. no. It's just something I do. I'm what? very much aware of this. Are you looking forward to talking? <laughs> oh, yeah. I've got a lot to say about this one. <laughs> <laughs> And to my left, unquestionably the baddest man on the planet, Billy Keeble. Hello, Billy. Hello. How's things? Not bad. Are you ready for a raging climax? I just kind of want to go home. <laughs> <laughs> like, I've watched this, you know, over two days, and I don't want to talk about it anymore. But I don't want to relive it. But I have to now. I have to now. You What's going on? <laughs> Jesus! That, that, that literally went off the rails there. Do you want to do that again? I'll do that again. <laughs> okay, where were we? Uh, looking forward to talking about the raging climax, Billy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Leave that entire bit in. <laughs> it is WrestleMania 15. Time. No beginning, no end. An infinite procession that humbles our mortality. But there are moments in life that transcend our fate. Memories crafted by gods among men that defy time to forget them. These are the moments that echo through the ages. Always heard, never to grow old. Born of will, christened with blood. They are testament to the strong, the mighty, the eminent. Deities who defy their own mortality to forge an indelible imprint in the annals of time. Like the mythic gods of ancient Greece, they may thrill us, inspire us, at times make us angry, but they will never let us forget them. Tonight is their night, their battle, their moment of ultimate sacrifice. For this is their theater, their altar, their chance for divinity. Welcome to WrestleMania, the showcase of the immortals. So there we go, there was the uh, opener there. First of all, I want to mention Boys Two Men. Why? Singing, boys Two Men. Singing the uh, the national anthem. It's there. the most un WWF. The least attitude thing. They're the most PG have. band, I think. Yeah, seriously. Well. So clean cut, these nice boys. Yeah. They're lovely boys, They're I have to say. Lovely boys Two Men, they did the song I Want to Sex You Up. Was that Boys Two Men? I don't know, I don't know. That could be the reason why Vince booked them. 
Because he's like, oh, they thought they would. Sex. He thought he'd mix up, sex it up with the yeah. national anthem. But good lord, that boring. I take this point as well to mention. We never mentioned our very, 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 very first episode, the pilot episode that sounds nothing like these current episodes, yeah. WrestleMania 14. Uh, they had, of course, the DX band. So I was going to ask you guys who you thought did a better rendition of America the Beautiful, Boys to Men or the DX band. Undoubtedly the DX band. The DX band, they weren't even included in the uh, actual I know, version. They were because them, it was so have, you, have you actually seen it, Billy? No, yeah. I've not oh, seen it. So mate, I'm going to say Boys to Men. It's horrific. Well, <laughs> the reaction to Boys to Men seemed to be a respectful yay. Because mm. yeah. they, they, you know, they sang America the Beautiful, people are happy. But when the DX band sang it, they the, the audience said boo. Yeah. <laughs> really loudly. It ends with the lead singer going, America! 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 Just immediately, boo! From everyone. <laughs> everyone booing the national anthem, and then Jim Ross goes, Only in the WWF! <laughs> we got a nice Freddie Blassie promo, mm. and I, I have to say, this is probably the most Blassiest promo yeah. we've ever. Yeah, time is time. infinite! Yeah. Time. Just just get him talking about time and you yeah. know, just listen to him forever. It's like Carl Sagan. We got all his favourite ones here Time being infinite, neither beginning nor ending. Greek figures of old, yeah. showcase of the immortals. He opened up a door, let all that white light in. The, yeah. Honestly, this promo is not so much a promo, it's just a dramatic monologue by Freddie yeah. Blassie. I, you know, normally I'm really excited by the promo at the start of the night. This just made me like, wow, I, reflecting on my life. <laughs> it had kind of a Lion King vibe to it that it made you feel smaller <laughs> than you actually were. You know? It just had this kind of, fuck me, you know. Oh yeah, wrestling. But I do think that they didn't mix in nicely they did embrace the, the history a little bit of WrestleMania because mm. I felt WrestleMania 14 and as well WrestleMania 13 they were kind of like ah oh, yeah we don't do that old shit now. whereas yeah. now they're kind of like well actually you know maybe let's show them a little bit of some of the old WrestleMania stuff and maybe let's dwell on the fact that WrestleMania is meant to be a big deal yeah the granddaddy of them all uh, the granddaddy let's, let's build of them it up all. so we can tear everything down with the following pay-per-view but you're <laughs> really uncensored about this aren't you well no I have to say regardless of the pay-per-view I think that this opening was, was really classy I yeah. think it yeah, really it, it really made it feel like WrestleMania uh, even if immediately thereafter you, that feeling was, was snatched away from us considering the general aesthetic and tone of the product at the time you're right this is a very classy opening to the pay-per-view and no, something I, I, you completely yeah. did not expect at all to be honest. I, I think it's like you know around 15 years in it's like probably a good time for them to kind of go actually Wrestlemania maybe is a bit of a tradition and there's, <laughs> there's something for us to, to kind of you know there's something for us to look back on now yeah, yeah. even though no, most, 15 years yeah. yeah even if most of the stuff we're looking back on could be seen on Monday Night Raw yeah. <laughs> so we start off and yeah as I mentioned almost immediately that feeling is taken away we're in Philadelphia and they're a great they're, it's a great town great city for wrestling but uh, that are, the arena it's, it's a big arena bigger than the average arena but it does not say Wrestlemania no. at all. You've doesn't got like it. less than 20,000 people there. This is a backlash arena. And it doesn't feel like... For example, you could have Wrestlemania in Madison Square Garden and they're, they're jammed for the rafters. You always get that 
fuck me, this is WrestleMania still. So right. I don't. it's not necessarily just the size of the venue, but maybe just the layout, the way it's structured. It's the whole design, the, the stage, yeah. everything. The just, font. Yeah, yeah. Li- literally, <laughs> seriously, like uh, the logo, everything about it just feels very much like a middle-of-the-year paper. Yeah, not no effort's being put in to make this, even though they're trying to say, you know, it's WrestleMania, we're going to focus on WrestleMania, you know, show how big a thing it is. Then they're not actually doing it. Yeah, they probably most of the budget getting boys to men to uh, open up yeah. the pay per view. Well, what for me strikes most is the fact that you've got that big kind of epic, you know, amazing music playing, all orchestral, Freddie Blassie having, you know, slow mo of guys turning, looking to the camera, and it just goes. It could have been Brawl for All music for all it was. It was so generic. Like, where's that, you know, WrestleMania spirit? And of course, to get us right into fucking WrestleMania spirit. We're greeted by Michael Cole and Jerry the King Lawler. Cole will be gone from the commentary desk by the end of this pay-per-view, thank fuck. Cole repeatedly refers to it as the granddaddy of them all. And uh, I got an an email, actually, from some... uh, from some American fan who was pointing out that granddaddy of them all was actually something that's used for the Rose Bowl and that it's like basically very it's like a very near and dear uh, expression used by you know oh, college really? football people so they basically nicked it jeez there was actually yeah. a recent uh, report leaked from WWE as well wasn't there that the, apparently the guys up top have said they're not allowed to refer to it as the granddaddy of them all because Vince thought it again. was old fashioned yeah well by old fashioned he means completely stolen <laughs> <laughs> so to start things off it's Wrestlemania, baby, and it wouldn't be Wrestlemania without a triple threat hardcore match. Al Snow taking on Bob Holly. Of course, you know, these guys had a, a war at Valentine's Day Massacre. Yeah. Say what yeah. you will about the, the quality of the match, but they went into the Mississippi River. These men want that hardcore belt. Oh, yeah, and the hardcore champion is Billy Gunn, by the way. Ah, quick, quick question. Quick query. So, look, we're all actually like, we're just, all just, the just, second there, Vince. Just. I thought he was chasing Intercontinental. Same here, Billy. That's what and I thought. And now he is hardcore champion. Well, he's got the hardcore one. He was off the Intercontinental belt. Why's he got the hardcore <laughs> one now? Billy Gunn spent a lot of time going after that Intercontinental belt, didn't he? So, yeah. Uh, quick, quick, quick question. So, Road Dog was the hardcore champion. Now, Billy yes. Gunn's the hardcore champion. Yes. Who's the uh, Intercontinental champion? Uh, that'd be Road Dog just in Why? It's the old switcheroo. <laughs> Fuck me. It's fucking ridiculous. All right, we might as well try and make sense of it now. <laughs> Billy Gunn spent three or four months pursuing Shamrock and Val Venus and the IC belt. Road Dog was meant to be the best of three series with Al Snow over the hardcore belt. Mm-hmm. He's a hardcore fish in a pond. That's no LIE. And now they just switched them around. Why? Literally, there's no, there was no actual reason. That, that's because so frustrating. Russo. Because Russo and Ferrara obviously thought, because Rodog was gone for a couple of weeks, and he thought, oh, the story has run its course. He thought, fuck it, we'll just mix it up, make it unpredictable. That's you have it. no idea how much that's going to give me a headache now. Whenever I see something on the podcast that irritates me or something I don't understand, I always think, well, that's annoying, but Kevin will explain it to me on the podcast. There's no, there's no explanation. Oh. For it. it's, and this is a problem, I suppose, because I mean, I've watched this pay-per-view jillion times before but watching it in sequence now because mm. I'm like fucking before the Royal Rumble yeah Shamrock the IC Bells no Billy, sense Bi- and like you know they're gonna have Billy Gunn had his master plan and like he was like not challenging for the belt and refereeing matches and now he's the hardest given up yeah talk about a lack of fucking focus <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ here we go then so you know it's just I think that cripples this match really going into it just yeah. a lack of logic Al Bob and Road Dog just would have made sense, but uh, here you go. It's the granddaddy of them all, and we start a new storyline the week before. 
So, uh, we got a nice shot of Hat Guy from ECW, a fame, is in the crowd, because they're in Philadelphia. The oh, guy was literally seen in every single ECW show, and he's mm. right in the front row of WrestleMania, which is kind of funny. Right. Uh, all three go to the outside to start it off. Triple threat matches are... They're, they're kind of a, invariably going to end up to be some sort of clusterfuck, particularly yeah. if you're hardcore rules where everyone's got to be... Too chaotic. Can't keep track of it. Uh, all three go outside. Holly does a suplex and nearly kills himself. He, he suplexes Al... Al lands on the padded bit and he lands on the so concrete. So stupid. How can you, you fuck it go, up like that? Ah, <laughs> poor Al Bob. Al gets a, gets a hockey stick out, starts going ninja. And then mm. we get a let's go Flyers chant because of the Philadelphia Flyers, the hockey team. Which is how you want to start WrestleMania. Yeah, yeah. With, a hockey chant. <laughs> with a hockey chant. Al does a little impression of uh, Steve Blackman with the broken hockey stick. He does the old flippy doos with yeah. all that. Yeah. Maybe uh, channeling his previous gimmick avatar uh, where he was in, oh, in, yeah. where he was in Injitsu. And then uh, Al gets a broom, has two little bits, he hits these guys over a thousand times. Yeah, um, Cole asks King uh, who he thinks he is, Al Snow, for having a broom. Uh, King simply says, he's a goof. So, you know, I mean, it's pretty chaotic action. We get a big-ass chair shot from badass Billy Gunn. Tables get set up in the corner. I mean, the, the action does fly by quite quickly here. Yeah, there's a lot that happens in <laughs> I feel like it's not particularly memorable. But uh, table gets set up in the corner, you think Al's going to throw someone through it, both of the guys stop, and then... Billy comes in and throws Al right through the table. He explodes him through the Jeez, thing. Yeah. It, was, it was quite awesome, actually. And then he uh, he hits the Famouser on the steel chair, which is pretty awesome. It finally gets called the Famouser. Yeah, Michael yeah. Cole actually but, says Famouser. It only took one year. The um, yeah. only problem is, though, that he says, King, King, this is the Famouser, before he does the move. Fuck's sake. About five seconds before he actually does it, he can tell. Oh, that match is going to end now. King, this, this, watch this. It's called the Famouser. That is his finisher. <laughs> <laughs> You're looking. So uh, Holly basically sneaks in though, steals the win, and I, he's the hardcore champ. I actually champ. really love that. It's such a, a cock thing to do, isn't it? Yeah, I, I like because of course you know Holly had won the belt and then lost it immediately. It's it's always kind of difficult with the hardcore belt. We're seeing now that the belt, the, the average reign lasts you know a matter of weeks. Yeah. It's pretty going to become impossible to keep track of who's got it. But I do like the fact that they've kind of established that Holly's like this kind of vulture, like just sneaking in, yeah. and he'll getting swoop the, in and get the, getting the, the win. It's so, an okay match, I suppose. It's I mean, all right. I mean, great. I mean, WrestleMania I, opener, it was not. Yeah, I mean, you, starting with the, the hardcore match, any sort of gimmick match is a bit of a weird one to start with always, I mm. think. I just spent most of the match just kicking myself, wondering why they they got rid of the logical you know, few, the logical match yeah. here, which so was annoying. those three guys. Cause that, I mean, the, uh, the IC, not so much the hardcore one, but the IC one I actually really cared about because I like Val Venus, I yeah. like Ken Shamrock, I like Billy Gunn. But and they had a great story going into that, really. I mean, Flush it down the... the well, it wasn't a great story. Well, I suppose it was an established story. It was a story. Least. That's the point, yeah. You know, and we're getting, going to get this prime example of it coming up next. Here's the setup for, for, for a tag team title match. Cut to heat. Just have a random battle royale with all the guys in the roster. And it's not a, a tag team battle royale like we had at 14. It's the last two guys left in the ring. Oh, tag team partners. Yeah. What kind of conclusion is that to Spin a, a wheel, make a deal. So, our tag team championship match for WrestleMania, the showcase of the immortals, the granddaddy of them all. Owen Hart and Jeff Jarrett fighting champions against D'Lo Brown and Test. The oh, most slapdash, rushed, pathetic excuse for a match. I mean, seriously, this thing was technically billed like an hour before the pay-per-view. How, That's how, how short the setup was for yeah. this. And I swear to God, it wasn't as if like D'Lo and Test were guys who had kind of a, oh, they've got a history, they're feuding. I mean, if you did something like 
you know, Al and Bob Holly won it. That would kind of make sense because those yeah. are guys who've been feuding. But literally, D'Lo and Tess is like, Never oh, nice to meet you. Like, you know, <laughs> the goofy guy from the nation, Tess, some dude from the corporation. That's that's it. And also, it is quite strange. I think this is the first pay-per-view in the entire run of the podcast that Mark Henry has not been asked. And you think that... Oh, yeah. You know, well, I, I'm not sure if... I mean, I tried to find out. I don't think he was injured or anything like that. He was just literally just not on the uh, not on the card. The only mention is that they say D'Lo wants to be tag champion with or without sexual chocolate. Oh. You know, again, this is much like the last match. You can't expect us to buy a WrestleMania match or WrestleMania moment that has been set up weeks or like days before. Yes, alone. Minutes before. Minutes yeah. before. D'Lo comes out. He's got Ivory with her. Ivory, who's been burned by PMS in a cigar. She's got this big gauze on her face. Yeah. We get a, a nice shot of a sign in the crowd saying, Debra, $3.16 an hour. Yep. All about the numbers, isn't it, it's with all the Ashley? We're, we're the a numbers. year in now. We can establish the fans love numbers. <laughs> yeah. There's least, a big deal with numbers. At least the fans are coming up with new and inventive ways to be crass and sexy. <laughs> yeah. I have to say, amazing. Own Hart and Jeff Jarrett, of course, coming out with uh, with Deborah. Around this time, there was rumors that they wanted what Russo wanted to do was to do a storyline where Own fell in love with Deborah, but Jeff was completely oblivious to it, and there would be some sort of tension developed there. Own basically asked not to do the angle because his wife just you know yeah. he's too much of a family man but just I remember I watched an interview with, with Russo recently talking about it and just him describing you know the we- how weird Owen's character is mm. he's just like a little unhinged yeah the concept of him being infatuated in love that would have been so fun yeah it's something you never see yeah. him Ima- just imagine him like you know giving someone flowers and be like woo <laughs> you know, it would have been it would have been really really something you know it's 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 really hard to to get into this match because immediately like you know you've got Tess and D'Lo and like Tess tags D'Lo and they're like I don't trust you man yeah. at the start of the match Tess goes up to D'Lo and goes you ain't shit right <laughs> <laughs> at one point he tags D'Lo and goes get the fuck in there and do some <laughs> wrestling for fuck's sake do something like, he's on the apron he can't do anything when he's these guys just are trying to shell they're not his... friends <laughs> yeah pretty much and also as well to point out like Tess Tess is great like you know he is, he's, he's quite a competent wrestler he's got a great look big dude but he's literally just been like brought in a couple of weeks ago like yeah. he's yeah. so fresh he's got no storyline no character at all and now we're meant to buy him as this like hot headed don't throw him into this bullshit tag team match if it was Ken Shamrock and D'Lo that would because you know Ken yeah, is, is established so as a short I mean I know I hate to be the guy who's like fucking fantasy booking or armchair booking but I'm just kind of pointing out oh come on anything's There's better so, than this yeah. it's such like they they they're going for the least obvious, like, and that's not that's not should not be in the back of your yeah. mind when you're booking. You shouldn't Pre- be going. Predictability is not always a bad thing. You should, especially yeah. in something in like wrestling, because you must know from a predictable standpoint these two people will have a good match together. I wouldn't say predictability so much as familiarity. And D'Lo and Tess as a tag team is something that no one should be familiar with. It's ridiculous. Mm. No one could have ever guessed that But this happen. is the kind of thing that could have been established like a week before if you had Tess just do something with D'Lo. It's the fact yeah. that these two hadn't even like literally breathed the same air. We're supposed to yeah. believe that this tension has built <laughs> over the past hour. Should mention right now that uh, Deborah looks fucking ridiculous. Ridiculous here. Yeah. Considering she's normally the woman that, you know, she's best known for wearing like women's suits and like a skirt yeah. and everything. They literally just cart her out in a bikini. She's wearing a bikini with like a big jacket over it. She looks fucking stupid. It's WrestleMania. Tits. <laughs> so uh, D'Lo basically starts to clear house and is quite dominant on his own. And then we get the inevitable confrontation between Deborah and Ivory. But 
I know, I know she's going to throw the night cameras a bit off because it's like, Deborah and Ivy are going at a king and like, yeah, but we're not actually looking at it. We're looking at Owen and doing yeah. something in the ring. And then I literally, a million things happen at once. PMS appear, double team in the ring. It's chaos. Test yeah. goes out, D-Lo goes in. I'm, and they start like, arguing. And, and then they don't, this is three count. I literally yeah, I, lost. Blink I, and you'll miss it. I yeah. lost track. I, I didn't know what happened. And you wouldn't mind, it was as if up until this point there was so much happening I couldn't keep up. I mean, it was quite dull, the action, yeah, because they were, there was nothing to work with. Really. Jarrett and Owen were decent, but like you know, when D-Lo was tagged in, it was all fine, but... It was really nothing special because there's no psychology or real chemistry. Who do who do I cheer for? Yeah, exactly. You know, who's the face here? Well, you've got the heels or the people who've been together for half an hour. One of which who is in the corporation. Oh, as well. Owen and Jeff. How exactly are they meant to be heels? They're like two guys who win all the time, clean most (laughs) of the point. Yeah. Jeff doesn't like people pissing him off. Seems reasonable. Owen has got a shirt that says "Enough is enough." Seems reasonable. And Deborah is is in a bikini, so they clearly want to please someone. Yeah, that's very <laughs> true. Yeah, how are they bad guys? That's yeah. a very good point. They're like they're they're dudes, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's just a bad reputation they've got, is all. Possibly, I don't know. But Jeff and Owen retained the tag titles apparently uh, at so. the end of the match when all the uh, the chaos has just erupted and Ivory's interfering. King goes, maybe D'Lo should teach Ivory that women should be seen and not heard. Which is literally one of the most sexist things I think he is. Probably the most sexist thing Jesus. he's ever said. Oh, I'm pretty sure he says something worse a bit later on. <laughs> Do you ever think if Ivory and Deborah walked into each other, they'd cancel each other out? Because they're literally like <laughs> the antithesis of each other. So just when you think that couldn't get a, you know, we've had two confusing as fuck matches starting us off. And I'm kind of, I'm a bit shook. I'm quite shook at this point when I'm watching it. And what do I hear? That fucking brawl for all music. And I swear to God, cold sweat. Cold sweat. I can't, I can't do it. It's slightly brought away for a second, though, because we get Isaac Hayes in the audience. <laughs> Isaac Hayes still not knowing what wrestling is. Still Just looking terribly still, confused. Yeah, looking confused. Like, what is this? He got paid in Chef Boy ID and a free ticket to WrestleMania <laughs> to do the rage party, by the way. So anyway, we get a nice little promo package. But I mean, as a fighter, he's a very tough fighter. I mean, he didn't get to where he's, where he's at now if he wasn't tough. There's nothing fancy about Butterbean. He'll tell you he's not a boxer. He's a fighter. And I respect him. It's going to be very exciting. I can guarantee that. There's going to be a lot of action. Folks, they can have this fight in any saloon in Texas. A lot of hard hitting. And Jeff Daniels will be the judge. I don't think there'll be any dancing around. And you'll see a lot of heavy rights and lefts here, folks. Just going to be straight up uh, boxing, slugfist. Boy, these guys want to land a haymaker. I'll take uh, bar gun and two. A second round. Stoppage. Bart. I think Bart will catch Butterbean probably in the first round, but no later in the second. I hit hard, and, and I'm not afraid to be hit. And uh, I'm going to go right at him. Let's get it on. The brawl fight was over nearly six months ago, but no, it's, it's being brought back. It's back. And you could question the motivations for having this special attraction, because it's Bart Gunn taking on Butterbean. What? Well, quick question there. Why is Butterbean at WrestleMania? To humiliate Bart Gunn? Yeah. To... I, What's I'm, he got to do with the Brawl for All? He's literally got nothing to do for the Brawl for All. The idea here solely is WrestleMania, celebrities. He's won tough man competitions. He's known... He's an atypical boxer. He's a, you know, he, yeah. he was... Butterbean primarily came up through tough man competitions, which is actually what Bart Gunn 
one as well. Mm. But for whatever reason, they decided to put Bart Gunn, who won the Brawl for All, then had the absolute joy of not appearing on TV for around six months. Yeah. What, a, what a win. And uh, yeah, now he gets to fight a man around 200 pounds his senior. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, it's quite strange. So we got that um, little recap video there. We got all of Bart Gunn's pundits all being wrong. Yeah. yeah. I think it'll go to the second round. First Ooh. round knockout, Bart Gunn. No way. It just, it just shows you how little I mean I'm, I'm maybe drawing a lot of heat here but it's very it seems very easy to sound like you know a lot about boxing when you don't yeah <laughs> he's got a solid direction just pick one yeah. you, know? <laughs> you can say that about literally anyone you know oh no 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 very gaseous left hand on him I don't trust you you know uh, it, 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 it's they're just making up as they go along there's a bunch of lads in fucking shiny tops talking bullshit they know yeah. fucking nothing they know nothing yeah Bark on the man with no professional boxing experience I expect this to be a competitive fight <laughs> so the brawl for all music kicks out and Butterbean comes out with fucking George Lucas in his corner. <laughs> <laughs> did you see these yeah. lads? Where did he get Who them? Who are these people? Bunch of fucking nobodies. <laughs> and of course, Vinny Panzienza. Yeah, the, the Tasmanian Tasman- devil. I, I heard Tasmanian devil. No, it's Paz- the- Pasmanian makes As a lot in, more sense. It's Paz. It's Paz. The Pazest man. The Pazest man. The Pazmanian. De- Can we just take a second to appreciate how awful that one is? Paz. Now, Vinny Panzienza is quite a well-known name in the in the fighting world, mm. and I think this must have been the easiest money this man ever made. Uh, we're introduced to our ringside judges, and the sole highlight of this, and for me, actually one of the highlights of the whole fucking WrestleMania. Gorilla Monsoon yeah, at ringside. And our final judge certainly needs no introduction. He is one of the all-time greats in the World Wrestling Federation. And I'm proud to say a Hall of Famer as well. The one, the only, Gorilla Monsoon. Wow, look at this. What an ovation for Gorilla Monsoon, who retired in 1980 in this very city. His last public appearance before he passed, looking so, incredibly slim. He just, well, he was he was he was unwell at the time, you know. Really? Um, he was obviously, you know, he was quite elderly at this point. But it was just great to see the, the, him there. The pop he got, the ovation. Yeah. Everyone was loving it. Yeah, it, it was one thing you could say about this crowd is that they were, you know, compared to we get the usual like that barbaric like, ah, where's the tits, where's the yeah. dicks, that kind of crowd which we've been getting a lot. This is a smart Philly crowd, like, yeah. and I think they're they are wrestling fans because they they're they not, appreciate the legends. And yeah, and that's it was really nice to see, you know. But um, nice moment. We get Kevin Ray and Chuck Webner as well. Don't know who they are. Let's carry on. Just two guys. <laughs> uh, one of them apparently boxed Muhammad Ali and fought Andre the Giant. Yeah, the, the only man time. in the world that can say that. See, a boy being comes out looking all badass, and then Bart Gunn comes out and it's all, "Why can't we be friends?" <laughs> Generally, <laughs> though, uh, just setting up uh, how awful this bit this going to be Bart Gunn's manager comes out and as soon as you see him he trips over his own feet <laughs> oh, does a little, he does a little stumble coming out straightens up sort of straightens out his shirt and then carries on walking bad omen it's, 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 it's a small little trip you can only just see it but it's, it's as well the fact that like Bart Bean like, looks like a badass his guys are all got like the American flags and all that and Bart Gunn's lads look like a bowling team yeah. like, I mean, <laughs> a bunch of lads and of course you can tell now that Bart in the six months he's been absent he's been very busy very busy with uh, coming up with his new nickname, Bart the Hammer Gun. That's the best you could do. The Hammer. Bart the Machine Gun. Exactly. 
There exactly. You go. There's the, so many. And guess what? There isn't already a wrestler called you know something the machine because Greg the Hammer Valentine sitting back home is probably going. Well, I used to hammer the my opponents with the hammering thing. blows. What is this man? What is his claim to being a hammer? Hammer gun. Do hammers' heads fall off when you hit with them once? Because that's what <laughs> fucking happens here. Good lord. The match starts. The match ends. <laughs> Can't keep in mind, Bart Gunn has a deadly left hand. Oh, without a doubt. Why they call him the hammer? We're going to be keeping score, folks, in each round. Unofficial results. We've got judges at ringside. Chuck Wetner, Kevin Rooney, Gorilla Monsoon. Here we go, round one, brawl for all. Butterbean and Bart Gunn. And Butterbean with a stiff left to start things off. There's a left by Bart Gunn. What do you give the edge to in this one, King? Well, I'm going to tell you, I think without a doubt, probably Butter. Ooh, whoa! Oh. There we go, that's that one done. <laughs> done and done. Oh my god, seriously, that man, rock'em, sock'em, robots. Vicious. He kills him. It's hysterical. Absolutely murders it. If you haven't seen it, uh, take 30 seconds out of your day to I watch it. I think we could find it, actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Gun doesn't even get a hitting. No, nothing. No, he, he, it's... he gets knocked down, looks like he, he literally looks like he should be knocked down at yeah. there. Yeah. And then the referee is like, all right, go on, give it another shot, why don't yeah, you? Maybe it's WrestleMania. Maybe, maybe that concussion is going to give you a superpower. Oh, <laughs> no, down you go Let's again. See how this plays out. Hope you enjoyed your prize, Bart. Oh my god. That's the last we'll be seeing of him, right? Yeah, Bart appeared, I think, to challenge for the hardcore belt in like one or two matches. But yeah, as I said, Bart disappeared, went on to uh, to appear in Japan. If you want to know more about Bart in the aftermath of the Brawl for All, check out our Brawl for All episode. For the purposes of a WrestleMania, and given that the fact now it was such common knowledge because they were playing up to it on screen about how pissed off Jim Ross and most of the office people seem to be that Bart won and yeah. Dr. Death Steve Williams didn't win, which was the plan. I have nothing really to back it up, but this just seems like it's it's just like, hey, what a fight, Butterbean. You know, it's yeah. such a dick thing. Because he can't Stupid. say no. No, yeah. Because it's like his only chance to be on TV, really. And it's not fair because it's like, he can't say no because it's WrestleMania. Yeah. But it's it's an actual fight. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's and why... only one outcome. You know, that's why it's not no fair. no chance of winning. No, no chance. There was, was no, there was no chance he was not going to be like murderized because I mean Butterbean at the time I mean in Jackass too you know Butterbean and that's like ten years after yeah. you know, Johnny Knoxville lasted longer <laughs> than Bargun than Bargun that's someone Against pointed Butterbean that out on Twitter like, Butter, ridiculous Butterbean was like you know he was super heavyweight champion around this point he was like mm. still a legitimate fighter he had like they mentioned his streak it's like I think this is forty-one to zero win to lose and they were like thirty-five Jeez. of them were knockouts yeah. And also as well, just for the record, even if Bart Gunn, by some miracle, was a legitimate fighter, he's not even in the same weight class as this man. No. Yeah. I mean, it's, this it's, is the equivalent. It would never happen. This is like putting Floyd Mayweather against Mike Tyson yeah. in his prime. 
He's yeah. great, you know. Even if he's the best, in the, it doesn't matter because the guy is like a fucking twenty it's times. They shouldn't be fighting each other. It's, it's like putting Floyd Mayweather against the Big Show. Oh, oh, oh wait, wait. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh, wait. <laughs> but I have to say, Bart looks like such a chump coming out of this. Mm. And I think at the end of the day, you have Jim Ross kind of going back to going, "Well, you know, there's there's a supposed tough man." You know, it's as if they wanted to say, "Geez, wasn't that brawl for all things stupid?" Like well, it's some sort of saving face. Yeah, you, you can't just go back on it like that and start backpedaling like, hey guys, yeah, yeah, we're in on it with you guys. Yeah, brawl for all stung, didn't it? Yeah. People are laughing at it, not with it. It's yeah, stupid. I would like to see Dr. Death Steve Williams versus fucking Butterbean. You know, yeah. and there yeah. would have been if you gave Dr. Death Steve Williams six months off like Bart Gunn, let him train legitimately, and he went in a hundred percent. We would have got you <laughs> we got we would have got our match of the night. Oh, I was gonna think it would sure. still be going on, like these two fucking yeah. like, belting the shit out of each other. Speaking of match of the night, we're next to get uh, Paz versus the chicken. Yeah. <laughs> a chicken a chicken just runs out. Yeah. The chicken, sorry the, Billy. The, 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 the chicken. chicken. Not the only time we see a chicken tonight as well, yeah. Not yeah. But uh yeah, Paz obviously got her in that check. Knocks right. out the chicken. Chicken no sells it. Gets up, starts dancing around. <laughs> he's hulking, so he's hulking up like maybe yeah. it's hulking underneath the hood. <laughs> Favorite story about this match was that afterwards, Butterbean went backstage right into the locker room, started taking off his gloves. He's like, "I'm one of the boys now. I've got a contract." He thought he was. That was it. He was going to be signed. Uh... Now, if there's one thing you don't do, is that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, he literally just thought he'd come in, one appearance. Oh, I mean, anyone could do this wrestling thing. He Already was... got himself a BSK tattoo to hang out with the Undertaker. <laughs> <laughs> who's, who's the person who had to tell him then? Like, Vince has to go, I'm sorry, Butterbean. Get out. Well, no, what I think is, I think this, when everyone closed down WrestleMania, they probably just all left without Butterbean. Just left him in the arena. I know, I, He's still yeah. sat in that arena. <laughs> yeah, we'll see you at the next time. <laughs> Here's the thing. He, he actually killed any chance he would have had of ever doing anything with him ever again by assuming he was. Yeah. You know, there might have been a slim chance before. What a fucking clusterfuck, that yeah. whole thing. The less anyway, about it, the better. We go backstage with the K-Slice. All you've wanted to do all along is to be part of the main event at WrestleMania 15. Every time opportunity knocked, you answered the call. But tonight, the biggest, most physical opportunity you're going to have to get through. An out-of-control big show. Well, I did everything that was asked of me. They put me against The Undertaker. I beat The Undertaker. They put me against Stone Cold. Questionable outcome, yeah, but I beat Stone Cold. And now Vince McMahon throws another hurdle in my way. Hey, I tried playing nice, Big Show, and now you're going to see an angry young man. So you think about that and you try, try to have a nice day. He's talking with the Micker. Mick talking about Big Show taking advantage of him. And funny, one of my favorite lines, he says that Big Show is going to have to deal with an angry young man, Aww. which I adore. And then we, straight away we come back for that promo, Michael Cole says, well, Mick Foley's getting ready for his match with the Big Show. <laughs> <laughs> the Big Show. I can, I can imagine Vincent Hedgehog's going, yeah, really sell it this one. Like, <laughs> it's going to take a minute here, guys, because, you know, it's WrestleMania 15, and lots say <laughs> this is a disappointing pay-per-view. And my biggest disappointment of the night is that actually I don't have a real grunt of the night to give you. Oh. Damn. There's nothing that impressive on offer here. However, I'm just going to mention this now, uh, at the same segment you were just talking about that promo there, we also get a little flashback to Heat, where we have Mankind and Big Show brawling backstage. If you could just put the audio from that in here, Kevin. Yes. Big Show is waiting for Stone Cold to arrive, and he got sidetracked a little bit. And the Big Show's in a foul mood. It's literally the most grunt-filled 30 <laughs> seconds yeah. you'll ever hear. Just Mick Foley going, Jesus Christ, you got a boiler room brawl coming up against your mankind. You're going to have a field day. <laughs> There'll be 10 grunts of the night. Anyway, you got the corporation music hitting. You're thinking, how oh, is Vince coming out? No, it's Big Yummy Paul White. Big Yummy! 
Yumi Paul White taking on Mankind. And good God almighty, the big show is such a third wheel. Isn't yeah. it? Who, who does not fit in? Now think about it, since the Rock Bottom or Survivor Series, who out of all the characters that we're playing with here, who is just a big lump that doesn't fit in, in with anything? It's the big show. Yeah. Big paperweight. They've tried to fit him in with the corporation thing, but it doesn't. It doesn't gel. doesn't, doesn't gel yeah. at all. It, it, it's round about this time, but I noticed the sound that the double feature... Oh, yeah. makes, it sounds like there's going to be a Wyatt family running. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I thought that uh, Michael Cole was going to transform into a competent ring announcer, but uh, sadly not. Seriously though, um, Paul Mick being in this, he went from like you know being in the the top two main event matches of the past few pay per views, mm. and now he's in the middle of the card against the Big Show. Find this fat fight, fuck fighting, <laughs> fighting for the right to be I, referee in the main event. Yeah, uh, it's funny you should mention that actually. You know Foley kind of not being in uh, where you feel he should be. You get that nice sign in the crowd to see God is Foley. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that was awesome. But actually got me thinking. Apparently, you know, the original plans, what they wanted to do. This might have been even been pre-Big Show. Was Triple Threat, Austin Rock, really and Mankind? I would have loved to see that. Which, wow. when you really think about it, since Survivor Series, you want to talk about like, the three guys yeah, that wouldn't make three. sense. You have Austin being the face, Rock being the heel, and maybe Mankind just being that kind of wild card kind of. Yeah. You know, he doesn't like the Rock and the McMahons, but he also Austin has you know betrayed yeah. him so many times. I guess the uh, the imbalance there is though that Mankind has fought Stone Cold and the Rock several times. Whereas they were really sort of playing up to the fact like, you know, the Rock and Stone Cold have never really collided before. It's the first time they're going to have a big showdown. Well, backstage scuttlebutt was that the person who strongly lobbied for the kibosh to be put on this was none other than HBK. Sorry, HB Shizzle. Yeah. Uh, Shawn Michaels. Why? Because he felt very strongly, apparently, at the time that the WrestleMania main event should be and you know... It was tradition at the time should be a one-on-one encounter. WrestleMania 20, Sean. You I know <laughs> you fucking hypocrite. I know. It's funny that it was that he became a hypocrite after he became a Christian. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> but you would think that oh, he would have been loving that mankind wouldn't be in it. But he was actually he wanted it to be mankind and uh, Steve Austin. Oh. That's what he was proposing. Basically, I think what it came down to the fact was that they had the big show need something to work with there, and also the fact that at this point you can probably tell in this match. Mankind was beat up to shit, mm. and basically he's since the rumble, yeah, since the rumble, he's been postponing like surgery and time off, and it was kind of like rumble. He was meant to take time off, and was like, oh no, I have to hang on because you know you're doing the thing with the belt, and yeah. they take time off after uh, Valentine's Day massacre. But I was like, no, WrestleMania's coming up. You got to get the big payday. So yeah. partly due to his own fault, maybe also due to the fact of just the risks that he was taking. Foley more or less was kind of booked out of the main event. So we got this. Big Show and Mick Foley. You're not going to imagine Big Show in a referee shirt in the main event. No, you don't make him that big. It's such a Russo thing, isn't it? And then they're going to fight to see who's going to be the referee. I couldn't care less who's the special guest referee. Big Show fights this match in slow fucking motion. This is his first match on the podcast. And we've always gotten, you know... Jericho's a guy we'll get a lot with guys adjusting to that w- from the WCW which was a lot slower old timey southern wrestling to the WF which is boom get up boom get you know that yeah. knockdown style but good lord big show is fighting in I'm going to coin this phrase right now show motion Jesus get that on a t-shirt we've had a lot of pay-per-views that have been of varying quality but it's rare that we've had back-to-back fucked up matches yeah. like this 
we're we're four in a row four now, row. folks. Yeah, it's not looking good, is it? And the crowd, God bless them, but I think it's just getting to them now. They're they're a good crowd of, of smart people. I watched the heat before this. They wanted to be at WrestleMania. <laughs> yeah. They wanted to enjoy this night. They love the rage party. Good lord, this is a, a slow affair. Stocko comes out and Foley goes for around twenty times yeah. to wear him down. We uh we get a side Russian leg sweep at what some at one point and Cole for the, the for the last time before he goes away <laughs> tries to say Tremendous maneuver. He says tremendous, but he also says oh mover. Oh mover! <laughs> <laughs> oh mover! He says that was a tremendous oh mover. Oh and then God, there's, a, Cole. there's a brief second where you can just hear you can just hear him say, you hear him thinking, oh for fuck's sake, this is my last chance. At least to he say nailed this. tremendous. <laughs> he said tremendous right. It took him this long. Close but no oh, donut, Cole. <laughs> Poor lad. The whole kind of thing is that Foley's meant to be slowly wearing the giant down. And because Foley is generally the big man in the match, it's kind of an odd dynamic. Yeah. But uh, Show is just completely fucking gassed. Like, he's, yeah. he barely leaves his feet. But, I mean, by the time Foley has him in the claw and they're doing the spot with him up in his back, he's fucking dying. Are you like. surprised? He's fucking enormous here. Yeah, he's a big but, fat bastard. Yeah, he's always been enormous. And he's not been this... He's been fatter, but... In better sh- condition, I'll, I almost was going to well, say. Well, I think it's a combination of being green and fat at the same time. So we got Foley, he's up on the, the big show's back, and he's got the socko in his mouth, and shows us like a big drunk bastard because his eyes are like all, uh, and his hair's all over his face, like, you know, resting this very highly competitive four minute match where he's been kicked, <laughs> he's been kicked in the shins a few times. And then show with the full weight, with this fucking man on his back, Mick Foley, I mean, you know, you're going into this company, this is your first big match, and this guy on your back is, at that point, he's a fucking legend. Yeah. And he just kicks his legs back, and he goes as hard as he fucking can, and he nearly kills Mick Could Foley. Could have popped Mick Foley quite easily. That's insane. Now, Vader did that to Foley in, like, 1993, mm. but that was Foley and Vader trying to up the ante and make that feud seem super violent. Given the shape that Foley was in at the moment, particularly his knees, I don't think he wanted 500 pounds of fucking fat-ass cellulite Big Show landing squarely on his hips and his knees. He nearly kills him. It's so... And Foley straight away, you can hear him just going... Yeah, he's actually coughing in the corner, isn't he? There are Foley grunts, which he lets out all the time. And then there is actual Mick Foley in pain oh shit really sad sound yeah yeah, you can hear him wheezing there that's it's so reckless and then show goes after Foley with a chair a few times you know no DQs apparently I mean Foley had even low blowed Big Show at one point I'm like is this a no DQ match he smacks him so hard on the back of the chair and the referee's like just watching because there's no one distracting him the referee's just like oh yeah I assumed it was no DQ match because literally at one point he kicks him in the nuts and Michael goes low blow there by Mick Foley (laughs) (laughs) not to jump ahead here or anything but um what what manner does the match end in? Like what's the? Well, it's funny because Big Show puts those chairs in the ring. Yeah, and he chokes slams Mick Foley through the chairs. Yeah, and he loses by destroying. <laughs> oh really? Really? Does yeah, he? How he strange! Does. Awful stuff. Awful. Yeah. Awful. 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 And stuff. the choke slam it just Foley goes between the two chairs as well. They don't even get that right. You want to talk about like the year that Foley has had. Mm. He's been up near the main event and in big ass awesome matches the whole year ninety nine and most ninety eight most of what we've covered in the podcast mm. and for this to be what he has at WrestleMania yeah. it's sad it's really sad. I tell what makes uh, makes me even more sad is that you know we have Mick Foley when he goes uh, not only off the top of the hell of the cell but also through the hell of the cell the thumbtacks he refuses to go on the stretcher and you know he, he leaves King of the Ring yeah. you know on his on feet his own. left eye quit on his own two exactly feet, like, yeah. yeah. 
Four minute Big Show match, stretched out of the arena. That really, really yeah. pissed me off. Yeah. Talk about pissing all over the character of Mick Foley. It really, I mean, you know, there are bad shows, and then there are shows which just kind of really fuck over a character. And because WrestleMania is, no matter what era you're in, WrestleMania always draws at least twice as much as the next highest pay-per-view. That's just like the way it is. It mm. always does just so much more. Now, if you're someone you've only watched, you're going to watch the WrestleMania and maybe get into it a bit after this, who's this fucking idiot coming out in a stupid mask? would have sock puppet getting killed in four minutes why should I yeah. care about him you, you mean you talk about like on the big stage you gotta showcase you guys a little bit at least yeah. but uh, Vince McMahon comes out to have a few words with the very wet big show most of those words are damn it he says damn it about 40 times in this I was gonna bit. say the only thing Vin, Vince is incredibly upset but he's also incredibly mic'd up yeah, yeah. very mic'd up I'm how so- weird is it coming it's out really weird What is going on? He's just like, literally, I'm Vince McMahon. You will hear my voice. What is he, fucking Charlton Heston coming down from Mount Sinai? Seriously. Whoever thought that was a good idea? It's peculiar. It's it's very peculiar. You never see that in wrestling. Vince basically gets in show's face. He's like, you know, because of you, mankind is meant to be the referee now. Big Show goes to choke, slam him. He's like, oh, no, I'm going to have second thoughts. And then Vince goes, yeah, that's right. I'm Vince McMahon, damn it. Quack. And then Show knocks him out. Really cool mo I like I like this moment. I'd say it's yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah. That being said, Raw is WrestleMania, you know? I mean Seriously. This is not a WrestleMania. Big ten minute promo in the middle of WrestleMania. What, why why would Vince antagonize the Big Show after Big Show's just literally been holding your if in the air by yeah. his neck threatens to choke slam him it's like Vince, Vince is like, looking oh, okay. really scared and then puts him down and says, I'm Vince McMahon damn it then slaps him in the face memory of a goldfish <laughs> <laughs> um, now I don't want to because we always point out commentary and it seems like we're picking on Michael Cole particularly a lot but <laughs> fuck it it's a shit Wrestlemania we're having a shit time I'm going to make fun of him for his shit commentary it's the last time we're going to see him we, uh, he says, let's go to a replay of that chokeslam through the steel stairs. Oh my god, yeah. are you kidding me? Again, at WrestleMania. Steel stairs, what a chair shot. <laughs> oh god. Stupid son of a bitch. Bitch, I know you're feeling bad. We gotta do something more than we do now. What are we gonna do, Mr. McMahon? The main tank here. We're taking him out on a stretcher. They're going to the hospital with him. Or the other. What are we gonna do, Mr. McMahon? What are we gonna do for a referee? I, I, don't, think it's, I don't know. Mr. I'll tell you what I'm gonna do. You You go get me a mobile phone, or you go call the cops. I want that big son of a bitch arrested for assault, and I want him arrested right now! Vince wants show to be arrested, so again... (laughs) That big son of a bitch, he says. WrestleMania should not be having backstage segments every between... Straight after the segment we had in the middle of the ring. It's not raw. It is not raw. So anyway, it's time for the second part of the confusing puzzle. Road Dog <sighs> taking on Ken Shamrock, taking on Goldust, taking on Val Venus. Three men who have had a very storied, interesting rivalry with each other and Billy Gunn, but not the Road no. Dog. Road yeah. Dog just tacked into it. If this was a triple threat match, it would have been awesome. Yeah, because, makes sense. But if Road Dog, just by making it a four-way, it automatically makes no sense. Don't get it. Don't Ke- get it. Kevin, Yeah. why, why is Goldust with Ryan Shamrock? Basically, immediately after Val won the belt, yeah, um, you and know, he threw her out. He threw her out, basically, <laughs> yeah. you know. And so, basically, they're they're trying to do this 
Oh god, it's weird. This angle with Ryan, it's basically like she's like a lost little girl of some sort, and she goes like, through loads of guys. She like just yeah, she has to be latched on to a guy. Like it's this weird Sorry, thing. I, I just think that the, the more concise way of saying it is to quote Jerry Lawler when he says that she's had more hands on her than a doorknob. For fuck, that's I mean, her character. Yeah. Okay. Now I like to think that Russo and Ferreira and the gentleman running the show aren't just as callous and as short-minded and is like just have so much hate in themselves that they're like she is a woman and no one likes her because she's a bitch and then she keeps going through everyone and she has to find new people because she fucks everyone over just like my ex-girlfriend yeah. you know AJ they did the thing with AJ and Punk and Brian and Kane there's a way to, to have like a, a girl who's like you know she's can't crazy settle, and, and yeah. she's she's a free spirit you can do that and then not be like oh look at this trash because well, Ryan doesn't even get any mic time ever so no like, she's literally just a prop basically she's there she yeah. is, she's there so yeah and of course Val as well I love the fact that Val has this running gimmick which is like gets a lady says goodbye to her literally before the the the, the night is oh, over oh yeah he's like, a womanizer he yeah. is he's quite the womanizer what a face. Val, of course, uh, letting everyone know that if he wins back the IC belts, it, don't worry because it will not keep his trousers on because he'll take his trousers off. Yeah. Goldust comes out with his entourage. He's got Ryan Shamrock, but he also has the blue meanie with him now yes. as well. So meanie is kind of... Uh, a, <laughs> it's such a weird thing. It's a shame that we doesn't get developed more. We can't talk about it more because I love it. He's viewing Goldust as his mother. Yeah. So he's got like the shirt and it's like like mother like son. He yeah. keeps going into Golda's chest and all this stuff. The way he looks at him. So weird. And also he has the jealousy of Ryan as well. He yeah. really hates Ryan Shamrock because he's so yeah. jealous of her. Now, it's brilliant. It's, it's brilliant. So it's, funny. it's actually the best thing about this match. Yeah. Meanie at ringside is yeah. hysterical the whole time. Me and you watched the Raw before this WrestleMania. Yes, we did. Do you want to talk about the most insane angle of all time? Oh my god, Billy, it was the funniest <laughs> thing ever. Blue Meanie comes out on Monday Night Raw, the Raw before WrestleMania, and all of a sudden, he's a complete and utter badass. He comes out to the middle of the ring with a microphone, and he's like, I'm talking to you right now, Shamrock! Get out here right now! And he's got a chair! Yeah, yeah. he's there with a the chair in his hand, like, fucking exploding with sweat. He's like, come on, Shamrock! Come out here and face me! And then Shamrock's music hits. <laughs> And Ryan Shamrock <laughs> and Blue Meanie's there like, come on, come and get me! <laughs> so funny! So, uh, Meanie then, of course, just grabs Ryan and is, is about to spank her because that is what Blue Meanie's offense is, yeah, I yeah. suppose. And the second he goes to do it, like, Shamrock, actual Shamrock appears like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, this big, veiny, angry parade float just literally floats right in there. And, uh, Meanie lays him out with a chair. Yeah, really. And then Meanie like throws the chair down like a badass, gets in his face like you son of a bitch. I'm talking to you. Unbelievable. It's brilliant. I so, wish we had more of that Meanie on pay per view. Yeah. I was, was going to say here, Vince Russo, unpredictability. That is the kind of unpredictability yes. I yeah. like. That's I just, the good stuff. That was like double swerve. Like I like yeah. that. <laughs> Road Dog uh, comes into ring, ring and immediately says, "Somebody roll this dog a bone." Cut to the audience. Road Dog for twenty stars. <laughs> Yeah, roll this dog a bone is a, a common one. I like weed, and that ain't no lie. We, um, we get two other signs in the crowd. We get uh, pork isn't kosher when Valvinus comes out. Fact. And say if if you if you're Jewish, you can't have his dick. Is what I'm assuming that means. Uh, you, that's a bit of a leap there, Billy. Well, I'm just assuming that's what it means. Okay. You know and when Brian Ty chopped that sausage. Yeah. That wasn't actually his willy. That wasn't kosher. No, that, that means, wasn't a, some nice no, his willy is, is actually in his trousers. No. Good lord. And then uh, the other sign, I toss salad. I saw that one, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Match starts. Immediate clusterfuck. All four men going all over the place. 
And then all of a sudden, Cola's like, yeah, the guys have to tag in to get in. And this, oh. I hate. I hate it, I hate it, I hate it. Tedium. If you're going to insist on doing a fatal four-way, have all four guys in the ring. The tag thing Doesn't make makes sense. no sense. I'm going to tag in my opponent now. It's, it's so silly. Why would... Yeah, yeah, and it's always like... Like, the guy will tag it, and the other person will be like, Dude! No, I've got to wrestle! Yeah, and like, oh, it's I, I absolutely hate it's it. It's also elimination as well. Uh, so, you know, I like, I like we got Mini at ringside. Like, anytime Goldust does something, he's like jumping up and down, and he mm. keeps, you know, sticking his tongue out at Ryan yeah. Shamrock. Like, he's actually making Sha- Ryan Shamrock, because she just has to stand there, basically. Yeah. So he's automatically, like, by proxy, making her seem more charismatic. Yeah, he's like a bratty big brother. Yeah, so uh, Val hits the Kenplex at one point. And then his head goes right into Goldust's willy. Sorry, no, no, no. Actually, I, I'm going to have to say right now, this is the best bit of the match, I think. Yeah, and, but the problem is I have here is that you've such, you had such strong storylines with these guys. Mm. And the one thing that Russo always prided himself on was the fact that everyone had a storyline from the top of the card to the bottom. But why are you... Why? What's the point of putting in all this work? And, like, they're even going to mention the fact that, you know, Goldust and Val had a fucking a massive, massive feud. feud. Yeah. That man is in gold paint because yeah. of Val Venus at yeah. the moment. You know, it's... WrestleMania is a place where you reflect on the massive storylines over the past year and they just don't give any... It really seems, it. you know... I, you know, I, we, we rarely actually pick apart Vince Russo that much because I like to focus on what's happening, you know, on the event and all that. But it's so blatant here. WrestleMania should be where you should build to something and this be the, the raging climax. To, 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 so to speak. To so to speak. But what they've done here is because of this car crash booking that they do, literally WrestleMania is just another show which is gonna which we're just focused on getting us to the next show. It's just it's another event on a series of events. Yeah. There's no closure, there's no reflection, and it's just it's it sucks as a result. So yeah, um, Val falls over and headbutts gold dust right in the willy. <laughs> and then um, <laughs> Basically, Shamrock comes in and starts nailing Goldust. Tim White pushes Shamrock back into the corner. Goldust on the floor. Then Road Dog comes in and he starts beating up Val Venus. And then uh, uh, Tim White goes and really puts Road Dog back in his corner. And then when Tim White turns around, both guys are suddenly knocked out again, and he can't figure out why. And he literally just turns around, and does like a double take, like basically looks at the camera, does sort of a "You're getting as good as mine, folks." <laughs> but then just starts a ten count straight bum, away. Bum bum bum. <laughs> so uh, yeah, we got Road Dog uh, hitting Shake Rattle and rolling anyone, you know picking up a little bit the crowd are finally getting into this thing and then uh, he does his kind of his new finisher Billy is hitting the famous here now and uh, Road Dog on, on his other hand he's, uh, do, he does the pump handle slam but he does a little he does a little thrust mm. a little no actual penetration I think but that we're aware of that we're aware of and the crowd just kind of goes Ugh. <laughs> <You know? laughs> that's gay uh, and the, the, the announcers are like what did we just see it's um <laughs> Quite strange. Ken and Val all of a sudden just start going at it. They go outside. I think Ryan was meant to do something because Cole's like, Ryan is reading Ken the riot act right now. She's literally just standing there going, what do I do, what do I do, what do I do? (laughs) Uh, Ken and Val like basically brawl to the back. Ken tries to run back for the 10 count. Val's like, fuck it. (laughs) Ken gets counted out and immediately just says, Fuck you! Ah! (laughs) And then he hits each guy individually and goes, Fuck you! Fuck you! And then he gets out of the ring Puts his hands up and just goes, Someone ah! of these two men! Ah! And the crowd's 
doesn't give a shit. No. But at least he was putting on a big WrestleMania show. Like, the extra scream at the end, just yeah. for effort. They have done irreparable damage to that man's character. Yeah. Think back now, because we can, you know, we can, we can, we can now reflect looking back. This time last year. This time last year, Shamrock and The Rock, and it was the first oh. thing on this podcast that we gushed about, yeah. because it was so intense, and, like, Shamrock seemed like such a killer. And what a great character. So, mis- like, there was a mystique to him. He was so, like, protected that you didn't, you didn't know what he was capable of. Mm. Now, if you've got Shamrock screaming at the top of his lungs, like literally about to explode, and people are like, eh, that's it. That your, your character is, is really killed then. Such because a shame over the past yeah. year. If they're not going to buy your intensity anymore, is, what are you going to do? Scream louder? You know, that's yeah. it's a shame. The, the heel turn really fucked him over in the long run, I think. As a guy that didn't know anything about Shamrock before this, Billy, I mean, did you anticipate Shamrock would have fallen this hard uh, in like a year? No. I was expecting, you know, him just to stay kind of just like it. He wasn't quite the monster, yeah, but he was as close to that as he's you in the Intercontinental get. picture, so and, it's still and pretty he, decent. And he was still pretty high up the card, and, and it's just I don't know. He got sort of halfway through the year, and then he just sort of it was just, that it was that heel just, turn, yeah, just it was that heel turn, yeah, it fizzled out. So uh, basically, we're left with two guys in the ring: Goldust and Road Dog. Ryan, for whatever reason, blatantly trips Goldust. <laughs> Road Dog rolls him up and wins. Uh, so. Yeah. Ryan tries to act upset as Goldust and Nini read her the riot act, but she literally is like half smiling. I'm thinking of, you know, gotta send for the man here. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there you go. That's uh, that's your Intercontinental four way. Really shit match. Yep. Really crap. We've had our issues with the road dog, but you can kind of argue the man is over. Four over characters with great, you know, backstories relating to each other, and they couldn't pull anything out of it. No. Yeah. Three such, of them have had such a big, complicated history between them, and they didn't do anything about it. If this was Raw, they would have put Val and Road Dog against, uh, you know, Ken and Goldust yeah. as, as a random tag team totally. match. It's such a random universe yeah. mode, yeah. fucking <laughs> WrestleMania match. Cut to outside. You gotta get in the car. Bob Newhart. Gotta get in the car. Why is it you give your monkeys a badge? You guys think you got some stroke? The Big Show, Paul White, folks, being arrested here in Philadelphia on orders of Mr. McMahon. Big Show is being arrested for being fat and being put into a red yeah! <laughs> just some car he's just being put into some red Volvo what but is it's going got on? sirens on it I mean like it's not like they can't get access to a Philadelphia police car apparently they can't they've There's... done it before they've yeah. done, they, can, they have access to these cars they've just put him in a red Ford Escort and they're just saying that is a police car and just letting him drive off and just yeah, I, as presented to us completely seriously I, I was hoping at one point they'd like show mankind being put in there you know in the ambulance just like him in a jeep like <laughs> <laughs> the Range Rover like what I love about the show is that they're putting him in yeah, they put him in the in the red car, and he's all big and giant, like, and it's his giant head just filling the entire yeah. the entire windscreen. He's like, oh, you give you guys bed to try get some stroke around here. Just no selling the arrest. It's like trying to be killed. What do you mean stroke? Cops don't book shows, you fat idiot. God, it was. Why are we having a backstage segment like this at WrestleMania? Oh, gee, we're only halfway through the card. Let's go. Kane versus Triple H. Got to a recap. Where we find out that Kane is magic. Okay. <laughs> what? Slow down, slow down, come on. And also, also importantly, he is now infatuated and in love with China. Oh. I, I haven't seen any of the Raws of leading up to this. Yeah. Um, so, me seeing this recap was the first time I'd seen anything like this. And it can be. This, this feud here can be pinned down to two sentences. And those two sentences are Kane shot a fireball at China by accident. 
Triple H dressed as Goldust and used a flamethrower on Kane. <laughs> Sometimes that, you, is that, that is that. That's the feud. Put and dry. That is the, the feud. You gotta fight fire with fire. And oh, this for is told, fuck's sake. This is told to us in the most serious manner as well. Yeah. Last week on Raw, Triple H dressed up as Goldust. <laughs> um, what I like about it as well is that when Triple H has got you know the flamethrower, whatever, he's all like, "Yeah, man!" He's like, he's pointing it and all that stuff, and then it's you know it comes out of burns Kane or whatever. When Kane shoots his fireball, he literally just puts his hand up and is like, that one over there. <laughs> He's like Spider-Man. It's just like, moves does a little thing, like a little poof. <laughs> over there, a dabber cadaver. Madness. Now, my main issue with this, right? Kane is a big, strong, crazy dude. His father's abandoned him. His brother has betrayed him. He's been held on the razor's edge by Vince McMahon, who's trying to put him in an insane asylum. His only consolation is this woman, also in the corporation, who seems to have some sort of connection with him. He wants to protect her from the man who keeps calling her a big bitch. What a heel. Seriously, it's the most cut and dry I know about blurring the lines and shades of grey, but it's a puppy dog love story. He is it's a face. He is undoubtedly, undoubtedly a face. Undoubtedly. No reason for him yeah. to be a heel here. Then he, uh, of course, as well, to add to his heelish ways, he destroys Pete Rose, uh, the yeah. star, who comes yeah. out dressed as the, the chicken. The Pete Rose thing, looking back, is... It's cool to show in like highlight moments of God, anything can happen at WrestleMania, but when we're meant to be getting geared up for a serious match, it's really yeah. like, ah, peek, yeah. out of the way. Like, yeah, got, let's get to the match already. We've got something to go with. So, Triple H comes out with the DX colours of black and silver. Why? Literally, this is something we've seen over the course of the last year. People can't get DX's colour scheme right. Mm, a year in, like. Yeah, yeah. Xbox with his red, Triple H with red, sometimes grey. Blue? Seriously. So, we get this match again. It feels like they're in slow motion or something. Yeah. Uh, Cole at one point says, For years, we've seen Kane show no emotion. You haven't. He's only been there for a year and a half. <laughs> <laughs> he also wears a mask. Very you good point. You can't see his face. <laughs> But mate, he's got, he drew a sad face. <laughs> we get a massive sign in the crowd that says Big Red Retard, and it's right on the hard camera. Now, is this a thing that it's like, in America, I know that that is a phrase which is you was at least used a lot more willy-nilly. Because over here in the UK... It's not cool. That is not a cool word. No. You certainly don't put it on a sign. You don't go saying that. You know, rock... Constant, the Triple H, all the good guys used to always be like, oh, this big red retard, you know. It's and one of those words that's just more tame in America, I think. Yeah, it's it's not it's not cool. Has uh, a real impact <laughs> over there, I guess. It really isn't. No. So we get a, a couple of shots of the Mean Street Posse in this match. Yeah. Willie P, Pete Gas, Rodney, and uh, Triple H gets thrown over at one point in the posse thrown back all the way in their big cardigans and all that they like. look like such bella it's brilliant know, isn't it it's, it's so funny brilliant. it actually was the, one of the most fun moments of the match uh, at one point Triple H is getting worked over for much of the match he's trying to wear down Kane but Kane seems to be too much but his hair gets bunched up a little bit in the turnbuckle and like, his bony tail bit goes over he, he proper looks like uh, David Bowie in Labyrinth because <laughs> he's got silvery tight pants and he's oh, got yeah. weird hair he looks like David Bowie in Lambert He's got a big nose. Alright, <laughs> <laughs> alright. Triple H fires back at Kane. Fi- yeah, fires. Yeah, yeah. Fires back Fire. at And then some woman comes out. I swear to God, every time I see China, she looks different. She- yeah. Was the, was the reason she had a fireball was to have more... Re, more <laughs> seriously, even from the last papers you and from the recaps, she looks completely different. Yeah, she's just morphing all the time. Who is this woman? 12 months ago. Yeah. Completely yeah, different. Completely drastic difference. Insane. Stairs come into effect. and Jazz uh, or stairs? It is actually stairs. Oh, it is actually stairs. Yeah, it's it's stairs. actually stairs. Uh, ref- referee sees stairs in the ring. 
and we, we know at this point not not allowed to have stairs in the ring. Does nothing. Yeah. He's more like a. I'm, I'm going to see how this pans out. I'm I want to see, see where they're going with see, this. See where this goes. It doesn't do anything. I'm going to allow picks it. Picks them up. So as soon as like stairs, like he's presuming stairs are going to be there. They're going to be used as a weapon. The referee, having worked in the business for a while, should know this. That he's not allowed. It's not allowed. And he, he just thought they were going to use He does nothing. He doesn't try to move them out of the way. He doesn't say, hey, wait a minute, until Kane picks them up. Yeah. It's it, so weird. It happens a lot. I mean, we know it's a perform pay-per-view. It's just referees being alone to themselves. Triple H, yeah, we got Kane as the stairs being picked up. And Jerry Lawler says, Triple H's birth cert is about to expire. Mm. What does that even mean? <laughs> He's going to become unborn. <laughs> like at the end of fucking Time Cop and Triple H being like, you know, and all like go 3D and melty. <laughs> Get a choke slam from Kane onto Triple H. He knows Kane now wrestling a very, a much faster paced match. Uh, yeah. That and even though we say it's slow motion, but compared to his matches with The Undertaker. He's picked up considerably. It's, it's a lot quicker pace and you can tell as well because Kane's hair goes all big and curly. He's got, <laughs> got big Reggie Watts hair on the, <laughs> at the end of it. So China comes in and clocks Kane with the chair. Mm. And Kane, right? The bad guy. He's just there with his two hands out. He doesn't even uh, he doesn't even grab China or attack her like the monster. Doesn't would. Hurt. He's just there with his hands out, kind of going, "Why? Why have you betrayed me? Why?" And and Michael goes, "Well, Kane's been betrayed again. It's like yeah. his father, his brother, the only woman he's ever felt emotions for, all betray him." We're like, "Yay, Triple H! Boo, Kane, boo. Triple H!" Pedigree's the man, really sloppily on a steel chair. And thank God the bell gets called for at this point. And Triple H and China embrace, and the crowd go, "Yay!" Triple H is clearly a heel for fuck's sake. Yeah. And, and Kane is technically the winner of the match. But we'll just play Triple H's music. Come yeah. <laughs> well, you know, mate. Well, what... Kane would have won by disqualification. Disqualification, because if you hit somebody if you're... in the ring, that automatically means they win. That's yeah. how disqualification works. If you are on the sound desk, yeah. And a mat, you just hear that bell and go, all right, there's two dudes in the ring. One of them is knocked the fuck out. The other one has is, is got his arms around a person who a week before he called a big bitch. Yeah. I'm playing that guy's music. <laughs> That's just the way it is. To and sum up the uh, the swerve here, Michael Cole says, China decided that blood is a lot thicker than money. Shame that phrase never caught on, isn't it? <laughs> he thinks it's so cool. And they're, they're... Money is actually thicker than blood. What? You imagine if your it's blood a solid was... object. <laughs> Imagine if your blood was thicker than money, just coagulated completely. But like, as she's walking to the back, and they're like, "Well, China, she betrayed Triple H." Like, they don't even try to pretend that like it was a long it was a plan. Yeah, you know, they're like, "No, China betrayed Triple H, King," and then she betrayed the corporation. She's changed her mind. Yeah, and they're like, "Wow, she's got so many sides. How multifaceted!" Ain't she great? Fuck me. We cut backstage. The K-Bone is with Vince K. <laughs> <laughs> going to come up with a new thing every time. K-Bone! <laughs> Honestly, I was with Adam the other day. I was, like, I was going, shit, Adam, I'm going to run out of these before he gets fired, before Kevin Kelly gets fired in the timeline. I'm like, because I've got like K-Dog, K-Slice, K-Shizzle. And then before I knew it, I had like 40. So oh, I'm all right. I'm, I'm grand. grand. Yeah. <laughs> we can keep going. Like I could do a Ring of Honor podcast and every time that Kevin Kelly appears, I can have a new name from still. So he's with Vince. Mr. Uh, Mr. McMahon, maybe I can help you out a little bit. It just so happened that I have in my bag, my athletic bag, the best-looking referee shirt. You know what? I'm going to be the guest referee. 
I'm going to be the guest referee. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, a ghoul. Now, bear in mind here, Vince says the words, I've got a referee shirt yeah. back here. Yeah, now that, that is, is important. Everyone, listeners, make note of the fact that Vince has a referee shirt in his car. Or at least a six-year-old child wearing a referee shirt that <laughs> you can nick it off of. So, that's apparently our main events for a referee sorted then. Cut to the audience. Our best friend is there, Kevin. Oh, really? It's Big Pun. Big Pun. Our favourite rapper, Big Fat. Big Punisher. <laughs> Big Punisher, we're called his now. Didn't say his name was Big Punisher at all during the Rage Party. He probably ran out of breath before he could say that. <laughs> <laughs> or he had a big mouthful of sand. I'm Big Pun. <laughs> He's taking up the entire camera. <laughs> is that why he had to do two songs? Because he had to take up so many seats. You've got to work for your fucking seat. <laughs> You're going to take up a row, mate. Like, big Pun. Surprise, they managed to catch a shot of him at ringside and not at the snack stash. <laughs> oh, God. This is fucking... I'm, I'm really like self-conscious about how negative we are at the moment. But we've yeah. had all of these awful, awful fucking matches, and now Sable versus Torres. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus oh, God. Oh. I'm concerned that people are going to go. Oh, WrestleMania 15. This is a big show. I will, this will be the first time I will listen to the Attitude Era podcast. Who are these miserable pricks? We like wrestling. We, we love it. We honestly, we really do. We we're quite fond of the Attitude Era. <laughs> we're actually. not always this negative. There's a reason why we're not like you know angry video gamer. We actually like the medium yeah. we're discussing. Yeah. Yeah. It's we, just this damn show. Yeah, we're, we're told instantly and shown that Sable was on the recent most recent cover of a. Uh, Playboy. Playboy, it's the hottest selling issue ever in fifteen years. Fifteen years. Yeah. fifteen years previously, there was some hard. Clearly, yeah, to be to be honest, I'm more interested in the Nick Nolte interview or the twenty questions for David Schwimmer, <laughs> <laughs> which is on the cover. When as they well. show that and they say um, the hottest issue in fifteen years, uh, Jerry goes, "Well, I bought fifteen copies," and Michael goes, "Why do you need fifteen copies?" <laughs> and King's just like, "I." Don't really have an answer for that right now, Michael. It's like, like Bicky and Bob, isn't it? If they were shit. Yeah. Uh, 20 questions with David Schwimmer. Do you think 19 of those? Why were you a Nazi in that movie? <laughs> Did you think we wouldn't know it was you? Yeah, Sable comes to the ring and gets the microphone and says, without any emotion at all, no conviction of us. This is for all the women who want to be me. And for the men who come to see me. This is for the women who want to be me and the men who come to see me. Oh, piss off! And starts gyrating. Yes. And that, that, that's all she wants to do. Do you know what I, I, I'm going to play now? Uh, I'm going to play the clip from her at the race party, slow down, just to emphasise how awkward and yeah. like... Not, yeah. not now, Michael. Once I get started, I can't stop. Once I get started, I oh, never stop. <laughs> so, Sable, because she's gotten a lot of publicity and is on Playboy, they've turned her heel. Yeah. And good God, she... I'd rather watch diarrhea slowly harden on a... <laughs> on a... On a cold winter's morning. Sorry, you were saying before that we're not the angry video game no? <laughs> just, uh, This match is poopy. I'd rather watch a fucking diarrhea rotten asshole than this match. I'd, I'd rather watch a poop poop an ass. <laughs> oh, it's so shit. Tori comes out. Fun fact, her debut match. Yeah, 
She also looks like the female Jan Gonzalez. <laughs> she does, she yeah. Does. Uh, to which Cole goes, I think she's dressed up like Catwoman. Fuck you all! <laughs> Fuck it! Uh, right, let's just breeze through the commentary goofs, guys. If you've got any now, now's the time to mention um, them. Uh, Jerry the King Lord at the start of the match when he sees Sable, he says, Hey, is the announce table rising? Which is fucking disgusting. Oh, Jesus! King also uh, says, um, Is my dick be- getting harder? <laughs> King says he hasn't been able to re- uh, take his eyes off Sable. The camera cuts to her ass, and he says, Look at those cute little cheeks. <laughs> <laughs> God. Oh, uh, Michael Cole says that Sable has turned into a tremendous in-ring wrestler. <laughs> <laughs> this is such bollocks. At some point, Sable kicks Tori in the mid midsection. Uh, Cole says kicks to the midsection, and then uh, Jerry says they're called ovaries. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god this match is so bad yeah seriously who thought to put this out there Tori or whatever about Sable Tori is fucking so awful bad. so yeah. bad to quote Mean Gene Oakland what have you two done <laughs> <laughs> you've turned this you've turned this ring into a parking lot Tori is so she's dead behind the eyes yeah, yeah. she comes out and she's just got that what am I doing here? I literally came. I I don't know why I'm here. What is wrestling? Wh- wh- I only yeah. wanted. I only wanted to use the bathroom, and now I'm, <laughs> I am wrestling yeah. for the women's championship. Oh man! So I'm, the gimmick going into this was that she was meant to be Sable's stalker, but then they decided to turn Sable heel because clearly that Vince Russo and Vince McMahon just didn't like Sable anymore yeah. and thought she was a bitch. And now, so the stalker is it's now a face. the face. So you got Michael Cole going, "Oh, Sable, she wouldn't let she wouldn't let uh, Tori follow her home. Follow her. She wouldn't accept her fandom. She's just a great person. She wouldn't let her keep her hair clippings. How dare she? Yeah. Why try and do a match if you've got two women who are only here and only in this business, seemingly to be famous? Well, they're only in it to be eye candy. Yeah. Now. You know, here's the dealio. I think we mentioned this a little bit before. I mean, if you want to do, like, you know, brawn panties and, you know, girls wrestling in pudding and mud and gravy and all that. <laughs> At like least why, they could do that better than they can do this. Why was it then when we had Luna and Sable, they wrestled in a lingerie match? And now that we have Tori and Sable, they're meant to have this fucking five star flare steamboat chain wrestling. Uh, so rubbish. We get an awful crossbody. <laughs> really? Uh, yeah. Billy, yeah. I, think, I think you are uh, uh, under-exaggerating. Billy, you may have to be more specific than that. No, the, um, uh, when um, Tori's supposed to be doing a crossbody onto Sable, Sable gets out of the way and she hits Jimmy Corderas. When Mate. you're doing a crossbody, your legs are supposed to be in the air. She's got both her legs on the ground. You have to leave your feet. And You have to leave your feet, and she she manages to do a crossbody without leaving the ground. You know what it reminds me of? You ever play like you're playing like foot, you know, a little bit of football when you're a kid? You're know, using jumpers as goal goal yeah, posts yeah. and stuff like that. You know, it's like the guys and they you always see them the, the kids who are like they wanted to do the big dive like on TV, the big goalkeeper dive, yeah. but they never did it. So they kind of just like kind of go out on one they leg, fall over, yeah. yeah. And they, th- but in their mind, they're like, no, I'm doing the dive. That is what that's what they think here. No, I'm doing it. But your legs are on the ground. Yeah, I'm doing it. Listen, lads, if we went through the uh, match and went through every single botch one by one, we'd have like a fucking three-hour episode on our hands here. Let's let's get to the. Uh, it is like watching match. two stacks of Jenga wrestle. <laughs> <laughs> we get the sable burr because sable tries the sable bomb and literally just. Springs out. Unbelievable. Yeah. Nicole Bass. Blonde China. Yeah, basically. Who is she? Calling her Blonde China is a disservice to China. This this is like a terrifying 
product of steroids yeah. and nothing more. I'm not going to talk at length about Nicole Bass because it literally is the case of, hey, here's a freak we saw on Howard Stern. Let's put her in the ring. Ha ha, look at her. She's a freak. I hate it. It's so that, creepy. That's literally it. That's the long and the short of it. Sa- yeah. She that, won't be back after this. She's not in she's the She's like, she's on like Sable's Corner for a bit, but they don't do much with her. Like, we'll see her again, mm-hmm. I think. But ugh. the worst match in the podcast so far. Sa- Sable yeah, wins. undoubtedly. And then does dancing like Elaine yeah. in Seinfeld. Sa- Sable is too busy gyrating to notice Jimmy Cordera standing there, handing her the belt. Oi. She's, uh, he's just handing there and she's just not paying any attention. Because Sable is dancing right now. And when she is dancing, you cannot stop her. <laughs> yes. She then shakes her ass at Jerry, then blows him a kiss. And we get a good 10 second shot of Jerry licking his lips. Yeah, yeah. the camera zooms in on Jerry's oh, face while Jesus. he's just staring at her. This is this is literally too much. I I'm I it's too it's too bad a show. We got alright, here we go. Saving Grace, finally. This is it. This is the fucking match that makes the show watchable in my opinion. Yeah. X Pac taking on Shane McMahon, European Championship. <laughs> We're all untouchable, you know what I'm saying? Oh, the Oh, embarrassing, humiliating for X-Pac! We were the king of the town, and Mac Daddy was no one to be messed with. Shane just seems to like to, once in a while, get a little rowdy and crack some heads. My name's not X-Pac, my name is McMahon! We're the best. Because we're rich punks that got tons of money, baby, and you know what? You can't do nothing about it! <laughs> what the There's a lot of tough guys in ground. It just seems like Shane's a tough. I'm ashamed that Shane McMahon's walking around with a damn uh, European title around his waist. I'm going to WrestleMania! (laughs) WrestleMania 15! You and me? Because the whole world is gonna watch me destroy you! If you got the cojones, I'm challenging you to my world! Get that amazing promo package there. The the best of the night, I think. It's so brilliant. It just frames Shane perfectly with the the whole clips of the posse kind of talking about Shane These being the big punks. man. Playing the classical music. Shane, you know, just in the suit with the belt. Mm. Screwing X-Pac out of the title with uh, help from the corporation. It's such a simple, well-told story. Uh, I love this. I, what they did was, like, building up this match, they had, like, the posse, like, who were Shane's real-life friends... Uh, from when he was growing up, they were doing like these behind the scenes discussions. Like, oh yeah, this one time, you know, Shane started a fight with all these guys in the bar, and this other time, you know, just a bunch of assholes. Because they're like yeah. guys in their early 30s still thinking they're in college, Slapping kind of. each other on the back all the time. Yeah, yeah. you know, hanging around the same places they hung around when they were in college. It's such a 
thing that you can easily latch onto and, yeah. and despise. We got a shot then of when the posse actually debuted on Raw, which was, you know, Shane and Pac were beating each other up in the parking lot. And then all the posse just jumped X-Pac and they all speed away in Corvettes with Shane McMahon <laughs> just on top of the car, you know, and the sunroof just doing the X-Pac side over and over again. They speed Jeez. off really fucking quick. We watched that Raw yeah. like last week and... Um, Literally, they get in the car and they're straight <laughs> off. Like Shane could have broken his neck for poking his head out the sunroof. Pete Gas and Rodney, like uh, you know, read in interviews, and they were like saying that basically Shane just came up with the idea, and if they lived down the road, and like, hey, why don't you just come over and shoot a couple of these promos? And they drank like a case of beer, and then just like started talking shit to the camera about you know, oh, Shane did this and did this. Like that's that, so cool. That's how that's it's it came across that's as legit. So cool. Like Posse had no training originally, like, yeah. and they're there at ringside now. It's just. It, I like that level of believability yeah. that Shane's got his punks with him because now he's the champion. His asshole buddies. Shane coming out with chest. He's just pure gold. He's got you know the the WrestleMania shirt. You know, high fiving the posse. All this stuff. I think it's hysterical. We get before X Pac comes out. We get a little interview backstage with uh, all the DX. Ke- Kevin Kelly with all of DX, and he starts off the interview by saying that X Pac's chances of winning have greatly increased now that China is back with DX basically saying hey she can cheat and help you out like she always does that's such a shit thing to say at the start of an interview yeah. that's terrible well the, the thing as well this is supposed to be an interview with X-Pac it's just an interview with Triple H yeah. and then at the end um, X-Pac who looks a bit stoned or a bit drugged up does looks something one or the other one or the other and, and he goes 100,000 times he just goes and then walks out. What, like, he, what he said was, Shane, get ready for some pain. Right. Spent all night coming up with that line. He did. <laughs> the best you can do. So, yeah, we got a. Uh, when X Pac comes in, the Stooges try and jump him from behind. I love this. You know, Test is in X Pac's corner. He, sorry, in Shane's corner. You know, we've just got all the, the, the cards stacked against X Pac. First X-Pac. line of defense. I love, I love that kind of the McMahon thing, using it not against Austin now, using it against a lower card guy like mm. X Pac and seeing X Pac trying to overcome it. It's cool. So, again, you know, Shane at the start trying to run, but you notice immediately Shane is fucking athletic he, yeah. he jumps right over X-Pac yeah. you know, he's keeping up this good pace keep in mind this whole match Shane has not had any formal yeah. training at this point get, get a sign I need to poop <laughs> Come on. You, from this match on you see it a lot was it big it. pun holding that sign <laughs> nah, that's, that's his way of trying to get out to the aisle <laughs> no, no, please I need to poop I need to poop arrange for an airlift <laughs> so we get Tess interfering he he, can't, he kills X-Pac basically he crotches him right into the ring post and then we get Shane using the uh, weightlifting belt no yeah. disqualification for whatever reason but uh, I'm noticing here that Shane is really comfortable and like natural in the ring because you got guys you know, guys who weren't trained, guys who weren't wrestlers, you see them in the ring and they're kind of, they have that little kind of, oh shit, what do I do next? Yeah. And not at one point does Shane look like he doesn't know what he's meant to oh, do. No, it's all yeah. fluid. He's like, yeah, I, I'm, he's so into the character. And that's yeah. Such yeah. A and he's great... really willing to take a bump as well. Definitely. Yeah. There's a couple of bumps he takes. Like, he tries to walk backstage at one point. X-Pac just runs up and just pushes him over. Smack he just falls on flat on his face on the concrete. I think it's awesome. It's really, really cool. It's like, like father, like son, I suppose. You know, yeah, yeah. I get a corporate elbow attempt from uh, Shane McMahon, which is awesome. Much. And then all of a sudden, X-Pac goes to the outside and Willie Green, Billy P, Rodney, Pete Gas, all the Cardigan boys of the Mean Street the Posse. The Cardigan boys! <laughs> they all jump X-Pac and he takes care of every single yeah, one Yeah, kills them. them. Love it. With their chinos. Oh, God, it's so funny. Absolutely hysterical. So we get Shane then taking a superplex off the top rope. Amazing. Amazing. What that, that's He's not a wrestler. He's just a guy. In terms of the bumps you can take, 
in like just regular bumps in the ring there's not much harder than that mm. because you're going backwards you can't see where you're going you're totally in the other guy's hands like big superplex like that that's yeah. fucking yeah. that's intense so the next pac of course starts whipping Shane and it's great because they're all like kind of oh this is the whipping he should have gotten as a, as a boy like <laughs> and then we get a test clocking X-Pac with the championship belt but we only get a two count so we're getting a you know finally getting close near falls crowd really into it there's actually a bit of tension it's going on beginning there. to feel like Wrestlemania yeah. we're only three quarters of the way through yeah, this we're show. warming up we get the Bronco Buster to test from X-Pac and then all of a sudden we get the X-Factor so we think oh match is, is going there Triple H in China X-Factor we have a new champion we have a new champion but wait a minute wait a minute no no And immediately, double swerve, not for maybe 10 minutes, DX were back yeah. together. Triple H whacks X Pac, Shane wins, complete swerve. X Pac gets worked over by Triple H, China, Shane, and yeah. Test. The Outlaws come out, they get worked over as yeah. well. Billy Gunn slides into yeah, the ring and slides so fast and he, so he, he far, he could nearly go up yeah, the other yeah. side. <laughs> I, I thought that Billy, when he, like, he, he got up, he would have been at WrestleMania 2000. Like, he's like, <laughs> what have I done? <laughs> Big trail of fire <laughs> behind him. <laughs> it's, it's quite the swerve. So there you go. DX are essentially done. Yeah. Pretty much. Triple H has helped Shane McMahon retain the European Championship. Kane, of course, comes out, but he really runs everyone off. And Chases off when Kane, I didn't like Kane coming out because when Kane came out, it just felt like a raw angle again. Yeah. I, wish, yeah. I think if they left it at the beatdown and left it at that, we had DX for basically one year. Now, mm. DX are anytime you see a compilation now, it's, it could be because of Triple H and Shawn Michaels have their big, big say in the company, but it's always made out that, like, that DX is the biggest thing ever. This is a year of basically DX at its prime because this was DX is the most over it ever was, really. Mm. Arguably, what do you think after a year? Do you think overall good, bad, indifferent? Overall good, I mean, but you got to bear in mind they were always secondary, no matter what, uh, where they were on the card, they were always secondary yeah. to the McMahon Austin yeah. story. There was like a, a, there was like I think Unforgiven, it felt like they were going to be like the NWO running in yeah. every match. Yeah. yeah, that's the thing, it never reached NWO levels because it was, they were face, really. Yeah, and also Triple H was injured for a considerable amount of time. Yeah, yeah. I think at the end of the day, it was it was good it was entertaining but I think each guy went on to become more successful in the years to come mm. than they would have been during this 98-99 role yeah you can say X-Pac becomes a bigger star Billy Gunn becomes a bigger star Road Dog yeah. becomes a bigger star China That's even it. China even so yeah, yeah it's, it's interesting but anyway time for Undertaker and no. the big boss man Jesus. Hell in the Cell big man it's simple I own the key to your heart and your soul you dare threaten me? We can take anybody, anytime we desire. The Ministry has abducted Shane McMahon! You don't threaten me, Undertaker. Not like that. You don't want to go there. You will come face to face with your Maker and the Lord of Darkness. As soon as Mr. McMahon laid eyes on that bear, it just it was in shock. The Undertaker has brought the owner of this company to his knees. That bear is on fire. That bear is symbolic of what? That one ever so brief moment 
when I showed weakness. And it'll never happen again. First and foremost, that fucking promo. What a kick-ass promo. Great I love promo. it. Great promo. It's a shame it's not Vince McMahon versus The Undertaker. Boss Fan gets a passing mention, I believe. Yeah, pretty much. But I love this angle. And I love this story. And we've gushed about it before, I think. But I think the problem was, we've mentioned, the ministry and the corporation thing. It's really cool. And I like the whole thing they're doing now with him being interested in going after Vince's family. But we have to have matches. And yeah. sadly, this is one of them. And this is the problem with my, this thing. My favourite mo- uh, moment of the promo is when Undertaker is being arrested. Yes. And put in the car. And uh, Vince just goes, I'm going to get you. I'm going to get you when you get out. I'm going to get you when you get out. Get the bear being set on fire. One yeah. of the, uh, yeah. the moments of Vince McMahon showing weakness. So the, the, the Stephanie's teddy bear gets set alight. And he's like on his knees crying. And no one knew at the time you know, what the bear meant. They thought it was like you know, Bobo or something. Yeah. <laughs> but no, it was, it was indicating that you know, Taker was now... Making a threat about making Stephanie. Making a threat about Stephanie. Yeah. And, you know, they had all these things where like, you know, Vince would be like, kind of, I hate Austin. Then he'd be backstage going, oh, someone at the house. I'm worried about Stephanie. Now, it did undermine Vince's heel role. But I do like it the idea it's nice seeing another side yeah it's, it does make this seem like more of a more of a drama more of a kind of an actual TV show more fleshed out characters yeah nice. I think it was really really cool I have to say I don't know if I should feel bad for Vince but it is just an interesting story to see like Vince and Undertaker have this kind of cold war almost yeah. uh, between each other nice promo uh oh we have a match to get to. Yeah. Starts off great when Michael Cole says, Coming up next is the Steel Kit Hell in a Cell match. <laughs> First thing I will say, Hell in a Cell matches, particularly right now. If I'm a fan, it's 1999, yeah. Hell in a Cell. Mm. King of the Ring, 1998. Mm. I want that. Yeah. yeah. And I know that's wrong of me to assume that because you but can't the, expect that. The bar that. has been set that high, though. The bar has been set that high. They struggle with it every time there's a Hell in a Cell since. Nowadays, they just they don't pretend. Basically, one a week nowadays. But if you want to talk about this, was this was the time when... 
this was the most apparent that people yeah. were let down by the Hell in the Cell concept. Taker comes out wearing his cape, looking like Super Shredder. <laughs> he looks ridiculous. One thing it. I do like about the Ministry storyline we've mentioned now is that Undertaker is wrestling less and less. He can yeah. count in his hand the number of matches he's had since he was buried alive at Rock Bottom, True. which is cool. It makes it seem like an event. They're mentioning now as well the Undertaker answering to a higher power. So there's all this mystery going in, and I'm like. I'm really liking this storyline. I'm really into it. But just the bell rings. Mm. Complete silence. We've got two big evil men dressed in black. Yeah. Who are clearly heels. Who do I cheer for? It's fucking dog shit, this match. This match is, is literally nothing happens. There is one spot and they fuck it up. Bossman handcuffs Taker to the yeah. cell. The idea being that he's going to get worked over with the, you know, with the nightstick and all this stuff. Yeah. Hits him once. Taker falls over, handcuffs break. Yeah, it's so like the rubber funny. handcuffs you bought me when I was in hospital. It was ridiculous. <laughs> what a sentence. <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying, Ann Summers can make a better gimmick set of handcuffs than this. This was ridiculous. When Bossman first gets the handcuffs out, you can all you can hear is Bearer just going, he's got handcuffs, over and over again. You had a fucking urn for half your career. Leave me alone. <laughs> I, uh, I found myself... If I was in the arena at this point, I would have stood up and screamed, Come on, you schnoors! Do something! <laughs> Bossman reverses old school. Like, Taker starts bleeding out of nowhere. Yeah. And I'm thinking, just like, blades. you know, the one way they could have done this match was just have Taker come in, destroy... I mean, I like Bossman, but he could have... He's, he's, not, he's not a top-level guy. He's not on Taker's level. He could have just had Taker destroy him and be like, shit, Taker really is yeah. business now yeah. with this whole higher power thing. Have him kill Boss Man, do some gimmick thing, put him through the ring, anything. Yeah. But instead we get a match where Taker gets worked overloads and he's bleeding and he looks weak. 20 minutes long as well. It goes on for ages. But there's a moment where uh, Taker gets a chair out instead puts it down and punches Bossman instead and the only thing you can hear is just someone in the crowd go damn <laughs> that was Isaac Hayes I think. Isaac <laughs> there's a favourite spot at the end the two of them are they're both bleeding and no one gives a fuck the crowd has made a peep they just start punching each other loads trying to do like some sort of strong style New Japan thing they just punch each other loads going ah and then the crowd just goes boo <laughs> WWF Warzone just yeah. spamming the punch button yeah. I've seen chess matches more exciting <laughs> than this I'm out of here Taker hits the tombstone. One, two, three. And then. <laughs> and then. And then. <laughs> Jesus. Undertaker stares up towards the ceiling and the brood, the brood now, yeah. of course, Edge, Gangrel and Christian. Christian have joined the Ministry of Darkness. They all descend down from kind really of skies. Really cool. It was a cool moment. Yeah, it's yeah. cool. Edge's debut is this. Yeah. yeah. They start attaching some sort of harness. Then you see it. It's a noose. Taker puts a noose on Boss Man. The cage gets raised. I believe it's a bear. He cuts to Paul Barrow going, pressing the button as hard as he can. I thought loads of like bolts of lightning and stuff will come out of it. <laughs> yeah. like, and uh, the cage goes up. So, so does Boss Man. And the Boss Man gets hung and he thrashes around for a little bit. And then. And then he just kind of goes, oh. And stops moving. Now, right, Big Boss Man, uh, Ray Trailer, you know, he, he passed in like 2004 and it was really sad because he was one of my favourite wrestlers and it, it really like. He was a wrestler that I was very fond of in my childhood, so it was one of those wrestling deaths that really hit home. Hit, hit home. Looking back now, I know it's you know it was just what they were doing at the time, but like it's been edited off the re-release they're doing now, and I'm thankful for it because seeing the boss man hung, 
oh fuck me it's the realism it's the way yeah. he shakes around and then he just stops moving and what we have is a motionless and he body comes back hanging. like two weeks later and like oh a bit of a sore neck like yeah. but you know they did like some sort of harness it's I mean you can kind of go there was the whole like whoa how do they do that but at the end of the day it's a man being hung in a ring and yeah. if you want to talk about a point where people are like is there a point we can go too far yeah. this a guy being yeah. hung in the ring yeah that's definitely too far I'd never even heard of this before it's and, no. it's not and, it's not talked about really because it's, it's tasteless watching it for the first time I wrote down my thought process of what was going on so the, the noose is being dropped and I went no they're not are they no no you're joking fucking hell <laughs> fuck Jesus <laughs> now I I like to think that they tried to completely sweep this under the rug but I do recall at one or two moments showing when they were doing like Wrestlemania streak video packages for Taker them showing clips oh, you do see bongs this, of that yeah. after the man had passed and I think that is incredibly tasteless other thing so tasteless expensive. if you're listening to WWE I went to fan access for Wrestlemania 25 and they had a little area it was called Undertaker's Graveyard it had Tombstone for each of the Undertaker's victims at WrestleMania as a fan I do not want to see a plywood made up tombstone that says Big Boss Man WrestleMania 15 Mm. alright because the man is actually dead and that is a bit tasteless so you know there is actually a picture of me just like looking at it going why Uh, (laughs) uh, and there's dry ice and they're playing all this chilly music as well no, I, I, I do worry that we often come off as a little bit holier than thou whenever we put the over, over the past year of the podcast we put the uh, WWE to task about a lot of their things but I think that anyone would agree that this is just downright poor taste absolutely shocking and should never have happened on no. paper attitude era never coming back long <laughs> <laughs> unbelievable and then Michael Cole just go when Bossman is hanging there swaying back and forth Cole just goes is, is this symbolic King? is this symbolic of the corporation no it's not symbolic it's a man hung in the ring is this symbolic is this meant to be a symbol is this symbolic he won't shut up about it why didn't you just put him on your symbol that would have been fine yeah. doesn't matter because this is the end of him now this is no more Cole yeah. this is the last of Cole now so we get a rage party recap and if you have not checked out our episode already because you're unsure what it is or scared WrestleMania Rage Party, me and Billy did a watch of it and it was awful. It was Honestly, my favourite episode of the podcast. Please, if you haven't listened to the Rage Party because you think, oh, it's not actually a pay-per-view, what's the point? Definitely go check it out. It's bizarre. It's the strangest recap I've ever seen. Because I have a funny feeling that the recap doesn't really recap it and do it justice to what it actually was. The recap was. makes it look alright. It wasn't uh, alright, was it? It wasn't alright, no. <laughs> hey, alright, I'm actually going to put in right now Kevin's recap of the WrestleMania Rage Party. Which is basically going to be the really awful noise that is made with the trumpets from the cherry pop and dandies. Like, <laughs> There's your fucking recap right there. Rage. So anyway, it's time for our main event. Austin versus The Rock, WWF Championship. If you're ready for WrestleMania, give me a hell yeah. Austin, there is no in hell of you becoming the champion at Wrestlemania not a chance in hell wait a minute what the hell he's coming the time from the bear truck wait a minute King Austin's driving the bear truck Stone Cold Steve Austin is going to take his ass to Philadelphia check right in to the Smackdown Hotel roll right in to room 316 and burn that son of a to the ground. Stone Cold! 
Nice promo package. Um, I, no, no, I wasn't a fan of the promo package. I'd say no. I, I, you say nice, not outstanding. Yeah, it's kind of boring. Know, it really made it seem like it was just any old angle. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's kind of as they're kind of saying, oh, the Austin McMahon stuff is done. This is just something that he's doing in his spare time. Really, kind of a little disappointing. But we did get some really cool stuff in the run to WrestleMania. One particular favorite of mine from the Raw before WrestleMania: Steve Austin coming out in the beer truck and dousing McMahon, Shane, and of course the Rock in beer. The number one. Uh, OMG moment of all time on the DVD collection. Yes. Spring someone with beer? That's just sad. <laughs> <laughs> and then Christian William Eagle. You all remember when Stone Cold came out in a beer truck <laughs> and all that beer came out of the hose and Vince was just... He was, he was covered in beer. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought to myself, now that's an OMG moment. <laughs> That William Regal impression is better than the entirety of WrestleMania 15. <laughs> I like the, two things about the, the beer truck thing. First of all, in the promo where Austin's on top of it and he goes, you're coming out here, Rock, with your nursery rhymes about jabronis and no... Jesus Christ, son, get serious. <laughs> I love the fact that, like, because uh, The Rock has just been, you know, in kind of protected in this corporate shell and he's yeah. got the ultra serious down to Steve Austin going what the fuck are you doing son it's talking a bunch of bullshit yeah, cause it, get serious you've never really realised beforehand that The Rock is just goofing around like it's no yeah. big deal he should get serious I, I love match. it and then Austin goes on to say that he's going to go into the smacked out hotel room 316 <laughs> and burn it to the ground and The Rock is like you son of a bitch fury you can't burn down my metaphorical hotel <laughs> he's so angry about <laughs> The Rock has broken every piece of hypothetical furniture in his locker room. <laughs> another thing about this as well uh, Russo was, has said a few times in promos that he always thought that between Austin and The Rock at this point Rock was easier to work with because Rock was very confident in his position whereas Austin because maybe he had a bit of a checkered history with like WCW and being fucked over and stuff and being buried that he was always paranoid that people were out to get him so Russo came up with this idea and he's like oh Steve you're gonna come out in a beer truck and there's gonna be beer everywhere <laughs> and Austin's apparent reaction was why can't I just come out in my pickup truck <laughs> <laughs> now I'm not the one to, I don't want to be get into a big thing about Austin being paranoid but I just think that's interesting to say that that was the immediate well, why, why thought, have I got to go in a beer truck what are they, yeah. trying, what are they trying to do to me here what, like, he's, like, yeah. I, to think that Austin at this point is not like just kind of yeah man let's fucking go to, we're doing all this amazing shit I'm on top it's, it's interesting a little yeah. wrinkle I suppose anywho we get Jim Ross returning yeah. to the announced Yay! desk about darn time yeah Michael Cole generally when, when he he, introduces, so he, he he introduces introduces uh, JR back stands up and just walks out just leave I, and I know we've said some horrible things about because he's Michael horrible because he's rubbish but I do feel bad for him at this moment nah 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 at least Jim Ross tipped his captain and was all good guy because in the, in the run up to this they had done the angle with Jim Ross being a heel 
which was yeah. Jim Ross wanting to be back on commentary and Russo was like oh this idiot is going to come out and be like you know he's 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 delusional and he's got a, a, you know an affliction like Bell's palsy and he thinks he could be on TV so they had Jim Ross in the weeks before Wrestlemania like low blowing Michael Cole setting up his own announce table announcing over people this is Jim Ross yeah, as a heel here's this is epitomizes how out of touch Russo was Jim Ross is the most beloved lovable guy in wrestling ever how you can not love Jim Ross as yeah. a kid and as a fan because he's so much passion and so much respect and he's just like yeah. this you know he's this titan of the business and they had him like going to Michael Cole get your narrow Yankee ass out of my ring and Cole was like oh, I just want to do my job man and they're like yeah Jim Ross is back <laughs> you know thankfully they just whitewash it all here yeah. Jim Ross comes out calls the main event Classy move. Yeah. Thank yeah. you for bringing back Jim Thank Ross. Thank God they didn't do yeah. that. His Bell's palsy is still pretty bad. You can it still, is. Still nice yeah. food, but you bad, can tell but... though that it was it was the case that he wanted to be back for a while, and I just like the fact that it was just he didn't let it get in the way. He wasn't yeah. struggling. He wasn't going to wait till he was fully recovered. He was going to come back when he felt like it, and he felt like it now. And you know what? He, he does a great job. Yeah. yeah. So Vince so comes good. out. Hang on a sec. Vince McMahon comes out in the traditional sleeveless black jumper of the referee. He said he had a referee shirt. He has no such thing. He hasn't got a referee shirt. How low rent is this WrestleMania? Yeah, Yeah, seriously. Seriously. Couldn't get a referee shirt. What I do like, though, is as he's getting into the ring, he does mouth the lyrics to No Chance. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's awesome. funny. HB Shizzle comes out from the set of Miami Vice. Yeah, he's going to wax lyrical about the rules. He's going to get a 15-minute promo out. He's going to take out the WF rulebook, you know, the uh, Jack Jack Daniels (laughs) book. Now, I mean, this... Again, where this is just exposition. He's saying that because he's the commissioner, he's the only one who can make a new referee. Blah 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 blah. Vince isn't the referee. Fucking fifteen-minute in-ring talking segment. Main event of WrestleMania, one-on-one. So for, he lit- championship. He literally goes, "You don't have the power to appoint a referee. Only one man does." Would you like to guess who that one man is? Hey, everyone in the arena, who do you think the man is? I think it's that big jug lad who jumps through the wall from that voice you were doing. What's the Kool-Aid guy. The Kool-Aid yeah. guy. What I found so strange about this, and I don't know why they didn't do it, I thought this builder was going to be HBK saying... I'm going to be the special. Yeah, yeah I would have liked that because the fans would have fucking loved that if if it just turned out I'm going to be the special guest referee. And that would have been nice. Big, big pop. He could just and they could just get started because he doesn't like the corporation. And Austin beat him last year. Oh, look there! They would have had it. Would, yeah, it would have been like I was expecting that to happen, but as soon he came into the ring with just a referee so to recap we had Mankind versus Big Show to decide who was going to be a special guest referee out of that Vince McMahon was determined to be the special guest referee but don't worry because Mike Kyoda is going to be tonight's <laughs> special guest referee I think I preemptively may have said it's Austin versus The Rock just to say it again it's Austin versus The Rock now now The Rock comes out and uh, crowd you know, f- nicely into it chanting Rocky sucks like that Austin comes out no vest for f- come on just wearing a t-shirt. Such a yeah. low budget. Was there like a box that had like a referee shirt, Austin's vest, and a bunch of cop cars? Yeah. It was just it was marked WrestleMania Magic, and someone lost that one box. Well, a, uh, according to the YouTube comments on uh, the WrestleMania 15. Oh man, this uh, is this is authoritative. YouTube, YouTube, YouTube. Apparently, it, it is. If someone had asked Austin about that moment before in an interview, and he said it's it's his a, ex-wife, wasn't it, or something? He like left that? it at home. It's as simple That's as that. Apparently, but yeah, he, he left it at home, and apparently he was actually as soon as he got to the arena, he realised he hadn't got his vest, and was like, apparently he got really upset about it because he knew this was like WrestleMania, WrestleMania big yeah. match, 
and he doesn't have the piece of clothing. It was something to do. Yeah, he had like some sort of argument with his with his ex wife or something like that. Just left the house. Quickly. Left the house quickly. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, Matt starts off. Guys go to the outside. Nice brawl. Crowd are finally picking up. They're fighting mm. through the crowd, and they're not doing anything like mind blowing. It's just you know some nice brawling. But Jim Ross is like you know what a shot. Like yeah. you know look at the so connection. Much so yeah. much passion, and it's just like. JR, you realize I'm automatically what an important role Jim Ross plays in making, not just calling the action, but making the action seem like it's something you should He's be. integral to it, definitely. Exactly. Austin gets backdropped onto the steel girder up near the stage, which yeah. is pretty sick. And then he gets uh, bangs the rock into the logo and the whole thing starts shaking. Yeah. It's pretty insane. So at this point, I think it's, it comes clear this match is actually no disqualification. Yes. We get Austin Rock battling through the Spanish announcer table and it would not be WrestleMania without someone going through it. Austin does a little elbow through it. It's kind of goes, yeah. Punk, and then, uh, it's not exactly high impact. No, it's but, just a little um, crumble. So we have the Rock working over the leg, going after Austin. Austin's like, you know, outside checking the knee brace. He comes in and immediately gets rock bottomed. I'm liking this in the fact that they're showing the Rock now. He's not just this chicken shit that yeah. we had at WrestleMania 14. He's this opportunist. He you know, he's... You can see that we've seen the character develop, and I think it's actually really come. He's kind of peaked as his heel character right now, which is awesome. Rock gets a chair. Austin gets his hands on it, and uh, he accidentally kills Mike Kyoto. Yeah, that's one referee down. Yeah, one referee down, and we had two hypothetical referees beforehand as well. Yeah. So as well as Vince McMahon. Oh, sorry, I'm including Vince as a hypothetical ref. Big Show is a hypothetical ref. And mankind. Mankind. Mike Kyoto. So we're actually up to four in total at the moment. Yeah, Tim White now. So Tim White comes out. Rock works over Austin with the chair in a which I thought was kind of interesting the, the, the way Rock works him over it's almost reminiscent of what we see in a few years time at a certain Wrestlemania Austin gets you know he takes all these vicious chair shots and we get a big two count and it's like I think now this is like the first Wrestlemania main event it's standard now but this seems to be the first one where you've got guys kicking out of massive spots Yeah. because if you think about like you know Austin and Michaels it was one finisher and that was it yep. or Austin and Brett one finisher that was it all the way back now we're getting like we've had rock bottoms we've had chairs and it's not enough still won't be enough to it's really it. kind of evolving the style so rock rock bottoms Tim White and then he gets yeah. a stunner immediately thereafter so we're on referee num- Earl Hebner comes out yeah. right is that sixth one now six referees six, now six early yeah. six yeah so we had a Vince reappearing and literally in the 10 minutes from when he was kicked out to now he's changed his clothes yeah, yeah. how strange quick change yeah I funny if he came out in a referee shirt then <laughs> anyway Rock gets a low blow on Austin and Vince just comes in clocks the ref we got Mankind appearing so now Mankind is back such a huge pop yeah. huge pop and this is nice because he had such a shit run of it to get that is mixed like kind of first Wrestlemania moment I yeah. think and uh, yeah, he's coming out. You know, oh, Jim Ross sells it like he's you know, you know he's he's come out of the hospital. He's got to make the cut. You know, the count. So we got a rock bottom immediately, and then he goes for the people's elbow on Steve Austin, and uh, he misses it, which is one of the mm, first time we see that yeah. happen. So it's really high and intense. We get this really great fast-paced sequence in the end where we get reversals from the Rock and Austin. You don't know which way it's going. Kind of playing off fourteen. Finally hits that stunner and the rock explodes. Yeah. <laughs> Austin said recently in the interview, he was like, shit, I'd hit the rock with the stunner and I wouldn't know where the hell he'd end up. He'd be halfway across the <laughs> arena. Like. Amazing. What a stunner. Yeah. Absolutely astounding. Austin wins. Overbooked to fuck the match with six referees yeah. in total. Needless to say, great match. Not 
near any of the other Austin Rock matches. That oh, they no, had. no, no, no. And I think, you know, when we have the rematches down the line, they might want to make out that this match was some sort of classic, but it wasn't. It, wasn't, no. it, was, it was a, a great good, match. It was a good, very good match. But it was not that WrestleMania legendary no, main event. No, and Austin himself said that he thought that this match, they didn't click. And then he thought that Backlash was when they did it. We have the rematch at Backlash, which is yeah. a different. There we go. This was exhausting. WrestleMania yeah. 15 in the books. Easily one of, not just one of the worst. It's, it's hard to just to say, oh, it's a bad show. The main problem is it's because it's WrestleMania. That is why we're yeah. finding so much You flaws. have expectations and you standards. Know, these matches could have appeared on breakdown or fully loaded or any second tier in your house pay-per-view I would like there were good there were good matches that were you know there was some good action there you know there were some storylines there that you felt you were in between storylines most of the time oh, as opposed to being at the conclusion of a storyline but for this to be Wrestlemania fuck off yeah. seriously no, no are way. you kidding me can, can I just ask you uh, regarding the ending of this yeah uh, how long after the pin the celebration did did the copy of what you were watching end. Oh, it oh, went on for another ten minutes. Yeah, on for another ten minutes. Yeah. So so you saw Earl Hebner drinking beer with Austin. Yep. Going up onto the rings, shouting about, uh, shouting and. That uh, really felt like something that was meant to be for the live audience and not yeah. on the camera. I find it so strange. I guess that was like a VHS that bonus it, thing or something. Is Earl Hebner just going to get that can that Austin gave him and sell it outside? That's <laughs> happening now. WrestleMania 15. I think it's because it's WrestleMania, it ends up just leaving an awful taste in your mouth. Now, people will debate Vince Russo up and down. He's leaving in a few months in the timeline where we are. He's done some amazing stuff. He's booked some really great feuds. He's given, you know, a lot of guys who wouldn't have gotten feuds, like people like D'Lo Brown and Val and Goldust. He's given all these guys storylines. That's great. But I do think the one cardinal sin that Vince Russo has to his name, and he's never called to task for, was the fact that the man simply could not book a WrestleMania. Clearly not. Cannot do it. No. no, the feel, the emotion, everything that you expect from WrestleMania, and none of it was here. Doesn't get it. At all. Really disappointing. And on that note, match of the night, MVP, yeah. Adam. Yeah. Match of the night I will give to Rock and Austin. It's, I mean, because you know, it's like the best of a bad bunch, really. Mm. Um... Like they, they, like you said before, they both go on to have much better matches together. Uh, they've both individually had much better matches than this throughout '98 and the start of '99. But just out of the entire card, this is the one that came the closest to being a WrestleMania match, I think. Yeah. To actually having that feel to it. It also got the crowd into it as well. Exactly. Which... Yeah, which is no easy yeah. task. Uh, MVP will undoubtedly be Shane McMahon, I think, because out of everyone that was at the pay per view tonight, Shane McMahon is the only person that really surprised me. And like you know, actually made me go, whoa! This guy, you know, he's performing better than he's ever performed before, because he's never performed before. This is literally Whereas, his like third kind of match. Yeah, he's the only person that really gave his all at WrestleMania. Yeah, I that's think. true. I think he's one of the few guys you could say has that WrestleMania performance. Yeah, really from... and talk about impressive as well for yeah. a, a guy yeah. like he Definitely. is. Definitely, Billy, match of the night MVP. Exactly the same with Adam for both. Um, yeah, this match, you know, whilst uh, I, I, I was tempted to say um, Shane versus. X-Pac uh, same yeah. but I think there was just something about this even though this was still nowhere near a perfect match there was still something about it that I think Jim Ross really was helping uh, yeah, you I, 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 I think that's what, it. I think that's mostly what it is is, yeah. is, is JR being back and then Shane uh, taking those uh, I think in two big bumps mm. then those smaller bumps as well he just he put um, he put all of it he had into that match yeah and, definitely 
and you know you've got to give him props for that so yeah I'd say Shane for MVP cool Kevin I'm kind of similar just slightly reversed my match tonight I was just going to say X-Pac and Shane right just because it treaded that line of almost being overbooked but it does everything fit together perfectly yeah. you could keep up with everything that was happening you were I was genuinely like watching that for the first time I was like oh my god now this is happening this is happening you got the quite an effective double switch I think from, from Triple H in China without descending into madness without descending into complete and utter fucking chaos you know Shane really shines I think X-Pac criminally underrated I think it was only when people I think it was Jericho's book where he was kind of saying you know oh X-Pac was actually Vince's guy to to see he was the benchmark the measuring a, stick the measuring stick for that yeah. WWF style and for him to have that match with Shane you know not taking anything away from Shane but I think he just did fucking awesome mm. I mean I think they that match easy could have been just like a new European title nothing, nothing match. Match. and honestly I think they, they stole the show it was the definition of a show stealer in my mind mm. uh, an MVP I'm going to go for The Rock because I think you know I think The Rock did a really really good job here in terms of just being that bad heel that everyone wanted to see get beat and he did it and he did it clean and he, he just you know he, he put on a great performance yeah. he worked in a style that was you know kind of consistent with everything going up to that point and considering that everything that was going on with all these referees and Austin and McMahon and Big Show for fuck's sake coming in in the run up to this it looked like that he was going to be outshone but I think he, he managed to, to really capture something here yeah. but overall diabolical worst paper yeah. we've done so far contender for one of like the I mean just as a show, I can't emphasize this enough. As a show, you can pick apart and go, no, but this match, I mean, the triple threat match wasn't bad. Mm-hmm. You know, the fatal four match, you know, wasn't like a badly worked match. It's just because it's WrestleMania and all these storylines are just floating out of nowhere. End your feuds at WrestleMania. Or at least pretend to end your feuds at WrestleMania, then yeah. artificially extend them the next night on Raw. <laughs> I just think it's important we also say now, this has been quite a big, long, meaty episode. And, you know, this officially marks our first year of the Attitude Era done. So it's quite a significant one. And I think we're all really excited. Like, oh, it's our second WrestleMania. It's brilliant. And what we've just had is basically nearly, <laughs> nearly two hours of a very negative podcast. Yes. <laughs> and I would like to say thank you for listening to uh, this entire episode. We apologise, but I mean, we, we really shouldn't be apologising. It's Vince Russo that should be apologising for this. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's going to do it for us on this edition of the Adathera Podcast. We have done an entire year, bell to bell, from yeah. 1998 to 1999. Vince Russo leaves halfway through this year coming up now. Some interesting developments coming up. The corporation ministry storyline gets crazy as fuck, and I really can't get away to get into some of the stuff we've got coming up. So the only thing to say now is to thank you very much for listening in to the Adathera Podcast. Best way to keep in touch with us is to follow us on Twitter at AE Podcast or on Facebook.com forward slash Attitude Era Podcast. If you happen to be in the neighborhood for a wrestling zine, Attitude Era Podcast is presenting this issue of Calling Spots Magazine, where we got a little article in there, so be sure to check that out on CallingSpots.com. Also, as well, if you're on iTunes, be sure to leave us a rating or review. Helps us out immeasurably. There's been some lovely ones left. Thank you very much for listening. That's going to be goodbye from me, Kevin. Goodbye from me, Adam. And me, Billy. And that was WrestleMania 15. We'll see you at Backlash 1999. Good God, I need a drink. Oh my god, that's brilliant. That's one hour, 18 minutes in. Someone needs to make a keyboard with all the different octaves <laughs> above it.
Cheers, bye.